You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. The Boss Hog of Liberty podcast is the latest hit on the We Are Libertarians network. Each week, Jeremiah Morrill and Dakota Davis explore life in Henry County, Indiana. It's a show about our circle of friends, public officials, and our experiences. 80% observation, life, humor, and 20% politics. Boss Hog of Liberty is the day-to-day happenings of Henry County, Indiana, which is just like your community. Add us on iTunes and sample us today. Dear Leader would want you to. Welcome to We Are Libertarians. I am your host, Chris Spangle. We bring you all of the irreverence modern politics deserves while putting people before political parties. We examine current events from a libertarian perspective with the goal of leaving you better informed. Please be sure to rate and review us on iTunes, like us on Facebook, and subscribe on Patreon at wearelibertarians.com. In exchange for supporting our program, we give you all kinds of bonus content and free stuff. Ten minutes of the show that you didn't hear if you weren't a bonus subscriber. And we're working on some uh, some new projects as we speak. Uh, a new membership manager. I haven't even told you this yet. Uh, I'll tell you off air, but that's a tease. So all kinds of cool stuff. If you're a Patreon member, sign up at wearelibertarians.com. This show is crowdsourced, so you can send us news in our Facebook group or our Discord channel, and we are always taking your questions and comments via email at editor at wearelibertarians.com. Please be warned that this show is raw, unedited, and authentic, so the language is sometimes strong and offensive. Uh, joining me tonight is Harry Price. Harry, how are you? Going good, going good. How are you? What was that? What? I'm making. There's just noise everywhere. There's something off in the equipment tonight. It's it's not it's not anyone here. It's not you. It's not it's it might be. I'm new. So. Yeah, you're new. <laughs> but uh, we're so uh, no. I don't know. There's just something with the equipment. Is it's odd. Like there's a buzz and then there's noises and it's it's throwing me off a little bit. Here. What a, um at my job like we're doing this move and I've having a gremlin just been following me around the whole building today. All right, actually, so, this whole week, actually. So I can blame you. Yeah, yeah, because like I had a monitor that didn't want to work at one workstation. I switched it out with another monitor, still didn't want to work. Switched the computer out, didn't want to work. Switched the cables out, didn't want to work. I leave, go to lunch, come back, everything works. I put that monitor on my desk, and it started working again. I have no idea what just happened there. <laughs> Maybe it was Reinhold, who is also here with us. Happy birthday, Reinhold. Thank you very much. Uh, you have been quite controversial, but we'll get to that in just a moment. Uh, our our other guest host tonight is Jason Doolittle. Jason, how Hello, are you? Very well. Uh, Jason, one of our $100 a month subscribers. And when you're uh, at that tier, you get to come on the show. And you actually came from Texas. I did. To join us. You're going to be here all weekend. We're going to hang out tomorrow night and then go shoot guns on Saturday. Yep. Wouldn't have it any other way. Yep. So right. I've never fired a gun. So we're going to talk a little gun safety tonight. They're going to give me a crash course uh, about about how to handle weapons on Saturday. I think mostly so they don't get shot. <laughs> I think it's more for them than for me. Well, personally, I just don't want the uh, range officer to kick me, uh, ban me, right. you, all of us from there. Because right. I like right. this this gun range. It's just my, one of my favorites. Right. Don't want anybody looking at us funny. Yeah. Well, do you want to say where we're going? We're going to Indy Arms on the east side off of Keystone. Okay. They're by the Bacon um, Post Office. Okay. So that's why I like going there because it's um, where I got my um, password from. This is the Bacon Post Office. Cause it's Which password? No, passport. Oh, okay. 
Oh, I heard password. Too. I heard password. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You've been you've been oh, playing with all your tech your little tech <laughs> things all day, haven't you? Yes, yes, I have. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now it, it is an honor to have you in the studio. It's an honor to be here, uh, Jason. I'm going to brag on Jason. He has been one of the most important people to We Are Libertarians and to myself over the last few years. Uh, the Mevo camera that you watch the videos on. Jason donated that. He he was the first person to step up and become a hundred dollar a month subscriber when we started offering the Patreon. Uh, your financial support to the program has been incredibly important to everyone involved in We Are Libertarians, but especially me. And I want to thank you for it. So, well, I, as, like I said, We Are Libertarians has been a big part of my my life, and I you know I, I wish I could do more. Do you have your checkbook? Ah, no, I'm just okay. kidding. <laughs> I, uh, it's all digital now. I can send you something on PayPal. <laughs> uh, no, it's 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 uh, quite an honor to have you here, and uh, it's it's especially humbling that you you know took time off work and you mm -hmm. flew mm -hmm. just specifically to see little old us, Harry. Yes, nah, yes well, thank you. You guys are my heroes. What can I say? Well, I don't know. I mean, I see. I get very Midwestern and uptight when people start talking about that sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I save many lives on a daily basis, but uh, as a podcaster, you know, you you have to be humble. Uh, so, so I, I really appreciate you coming, and I hope that uh, we don't disappoint you. <laughs> no, I don't know how you could. <laughs> oh, give us time. We'll find. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. we've got if, two hours. If you're anything like my mother. If you're anything like my mother, we'll find a way. Uh, give me a few minutes. I'm sure I could do something. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of disappointments, <laughs> Reinhold, what have uh, all of a sudden in the in the group for whatever reason there's like three people that hate you? We have a Facebook group <laughs> which you can join at WeAreLibertarians.com. Yeah. And can I get the background because I don't follow anything on Facebook anymore? So can I hear the story? Of what's going on? Um, well, the best that I can take away from what's going on is that I am an open borders libertarian, which is the libertarianism that the worst thing you could be no it's, yeah. it's what it is so <laughs> to some people it is the worst thing you could be because they are they are closed borders or bordertarians as we call them mm -hmm. um which is really a kind of a minor branch of libertarianism that they have somehow created this concept that some that private property rights um suddenly allow you to do things like close borders and tell other people that they can't be on your property, mm. but they can, you know, it, it's, it's kind of a weird way to think about it. Some would call that mental gymnastics. Yeah. yeah. Right. Cognizant, cognitive dissonance or something. Because, it, listen, if you want to be a libertarian but believe in closed borders, then that's your, your right. But you have to understand that if you close the borders, like we have pretty stringent border protections already. You know, when people say the borders are just porous and wide open, that's not true at all. No. Um, but when you what, what you saw with the border guard basically like stopping people at the border and people piling up on on bridges and all the stuff that we talked about a few episodes ago that's what closed borders look like uh but much more militaristic and much more uh robust let's say with more more border guards more police officers mm -hmm. more prisons mm -hmm. more violation more, of rights more yep. you know more mm -hmm. violation of rights and so yeah. you really are arguing for an increase in the state yeah. now if you believe that that this is an, an essential part to, of having a, a functioning country, that's fine. But you have to understand you're arguing for more government if you're for closed borders. And, and, and you're not arguing the long-term libertarian view. I mean, this is kind of a newer thing that came out of Lou Rockwell 
and yes. Ron Paul, right? You know, mm-hmm. kind of making that seem like that should be the case, but mm-hmm. it's not the way it's always been. That's not libertarianism. You watch uh, Lou Rockwell's speech on Mises TV on on YouTube, and he's basically uh, his argument that we should have that we should rethink open borders as a libertarian position essentially came down to the fact that it may be a violation of the the non-aggression principle if people have to live next to cultures and ethnicities that they may not want to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, Harry, being the minority in the room, <laughs> how would you take that? Like, he said this out loud, and I'm like, bro, this is what they're talking about all the time. Like, Yeah, I can't even... Sorry. It's, it, and it's hilarious. So... You don't want to live next to someone. Then fine. Then own the property. Right. Oh, sorry. Private property rights again. The thing that you were biting for. If I own that, then I can do what I want with it. Have who I want right. there. I'm not doing anything to you. Also, you do not get you know uh, the price controls of you know what I you know what I choose to do to my property. Yeah. And that's all like the whole immigration thing. Like, well, they're coming in and they're bringing labor down. Like, so you that's just price controls with a different name. Protectionism. Yeah. Yeah. It's protectionism. And the and and you're going to have to jump in whenever you want to say something. Just interrupt. That's how we do things here on We Are Libertarians. You know, Um, it's bothering me just as a as for showmanship for the cameras. Would you mind turning that hall light? Off and closing the curtain, please. I don't want people to know that this is an apartment and that's my kitchen back there. You're right. Yeah, Harry, get the light. Don't, please. don't uh, you know, mix the illusion. Yes, exactly right. Um, so how how glorious is the studio? The store, uh, it's it's glorious. The studio right. is awesome. Right, I love it. I, I like this guy. We need yeah. to have him on yeah. every episode. That's fantastic. Uh, the, the The outside staff is really great. Yeah, yeah. 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 I was greeted pleasantly yeah. <laughs> by mittens. <laughs> Yeah, the uh, and they always jump to, well, listen, try. Uh, why don't you just let people into your front door? I mean, that's if you're an open borders that, person, then just let everybody come through your front door and they can sleep in your house. And that same argument can you be used to justify taxation, uh, all kinds of uh, violations of individual rights mm. that libertarians are supposed to be against. In what ways? Well, I mean, if it's if. Uh, if the public property is community owned, mm-hmm. you know we're talking. That's that isn't that kind of socialism, kind of communism that the, the community owns it, so we all get to say on what we're going to do with it. Can't they also say the same thing about well, you know, you're, you're not ma- you're making more than this other person. We uh, we all got together and agreed that we should be the same. So let's uh, do that as common property. I mean, you can start making those points. Yeah, by using that argument. Mm-hmm. What yeah. what fascinates me is that in in our Facebook group and in our Discord, Ryan holds in there a lot and is talking to people, and he makes very orthodox libertarian arguments that I've read the the ten years that I've been in the movement, and there's a new breed of libertarians popping up who are Trump leaning, who just see orthodox libertarianism as leftism. It's yep. very perplexing to me. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. The, the whole the whole thing with go- leading up to the convention was that the Libertarian Party had swerved left. I'm like, if anything, it's gone right. Mm-hmm. right. If you look at yeah. what the platform was in 1988, 1992, 1996, and and you can take from that that it's it was more right than it is now, mm-hmm. you're not reading it very well. Somebody on our Facebook page commented, you know, it's great to hear Abdul on We Are Libertarians because we stri- stream that to the big page. Mm-hmm. 
And they said, it's great to hear Abdul on We Are Libertarians because he's arguing that taxation isn't theft and that there should be some level of social services. And we don't have many Hayekian libertarians left. Everybody's gone Rothbardian. And that property, property, and I'm not disputing this, but that property rights are the foundation of a free society and that... And when you really examine the thought and and the multi strains of libertarianism, Rothbardianism, the Mises Institute, Ron Paul have really won and are the most identifiable as the version of libertarianism as as most people when they come into the philosophy now think of it. I mean, those Ron Paul campaigns in 08 and 12 really kind of cemented that wing of the libertarian movement Mm -hmm. as kind of the new orthodoxy. And most people don't get that, hmm. you know, it's just what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the fact, too, is that that message, they, want, they, they think that that message is going to reach everybody because it reached them, not understanding that that message is really going to reach all the INTJs who are like 10% of the population. Right, right. So 80% of, of libertarians are INTJ, only 10% of the population is because that message resonates immediately. So you can, you can do this. Mm-hmm. They are on board immediately, come on board. But what do you do with the, the other 90% of the people who need different messaging to get them to start thinking that way? You know, if you focus on, well, this worked for me, we should do it for everybody. This is the, the only single message we should be putting out there. You're going to fail. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cause a lot of the, <clears throat> a lot of them for some reason don't even care about growing the party. No. A lot of them do, but they claim that they are. Uh, <laughs> I, I also feel that just to be uh, what you said, because you hear that a lot, like, oh, you're just left. I'm, you're, And especially yeah, for left. me in my political position, it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm so far to the right. You are all communist. To me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and that's why it's always weird to watch them in the group and say that. And they're loud, they're vocal, but it's the same way. But to me, I look at them that it's just a very weird un-understanding of libertarian philosophy just like when you watch the uh like i i get frustrated with watching um steven crowder i like his comedy i get him he's funny to me but what i dislike about him is that he calls himself a libertarian i'm conservative Mm -hmm. libertarian i'm like those okay let's those are weird juxtaposition with that i'm an elephant rhino right yeah (laughs) yeah it's like let's talk about like like, you you are a conservative i will give you that label but your libertarianism you can be libertarian leaning but dude like i've seen your positions on like borders and everything and the state and the government you 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 like it you want to be establishment yeah Yeah, he's what i think has popped up is that people who are anti-left or people who are anti-right, or people who are generally anti-power consider themselves libertarianism. Mm-hmm. Yes. Libertarians. Right. And this goes on in the conservative movement and the left movement as well, the, the leftist movement. But you look at the conservative movement, there was a National Review writer who tweeted out that basically Turning Point USA is just a sham for people to own the libs and make money for themselves. Basically to make money for themselves and get rich by, quote-unquote, owning the libs. And, you know, the the political discourse around there's like a an actual term that she said around memes being the uh like memes are the message Mm -hmm. but it really has come down to this group of young conservatives who Mm -hmm. consider the style to be the substance like tommy lauren no one is arguing that tommy lauren is an intellectual it's completely substance it's completely style Mm -hmm. and she lacks substance and I see that start that starting to creep into the libertarian movement, where it's about 
let's be brash, let's be you know anti left, let's be anti right, let's be uh, let's own the libs and the cons, let's all be all style, and then say nice things about Mary Rothbard, and it's just like you got to have more than that. Like there yeah. has to be some wrestling with these big questions. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm ten years into this, and I'm still constantly learning new things about the philosophy because. The philosophy of libertarianism is constant. It doesn't change. You know, my understanding of it increases. It it changes. You know, that is the that is the guide star. I'm the I, I'm not trying to adjust libertarianism to fit what I believe. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to discover new aspects of this philosophy. You know, and I think that's a, a a real problem that I see starting to creep into the libertarian movement is that people, you know. Uh, People are trying to adopt the word to fit what they believe, and what they believe is just punishing the other guy. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's not an actual thing. Oh. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. <clears throat> I was going to say the that just that the well, I agree. The uh, a lot of people. It's, it's a little bit like if you are if you start a if you start with an answer and then you look for and then you try to fit mm. your question to right. Like you know, we get into that with. Um, journalists. Well, yes, and that was what was coming to mind. I was thinking more like from a scientific perspective. If you if you already know what answer you want to come up with, mm-hmm. then you can make your argument to fit that answer. And right. That's where I think we're seeing yeah. that with a lot of these newer libertarians, especially in the age of of Trump. Yeah. Somebody today today was quibbling over me posting a Business Insider article. And I'm like, well, I posted the Business Insider article because it had a better headline, and that's all you're going to read anyways. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, so don't argue with the source because you're not going to go check the source material oh, that, anyways. I think that's what causes a lot of the issue too. Is I posted something from now this some right video, yeah, right, and I'm like, oh, I can't believe you're posting from here. I'm like, yeah. what they're saying is not infactual. Right. You might be able to learn something. It was, it was just a, it was actually just a, um, a replay of a portion of a propaganda. Um, video that was made in the 40s during oh, the war yeah yeah, the, yeah and it was it was some guy standing there going we should we should hate those the aliens and the the negro and, and all this and then and everybody's kind of like yeah yeah i can agree whoa, with that. Whoa, then whoa, he said hey, then he said the could, masons and the be guy careful goes, with the n-word <laughs> <laughs> and then we have company over jason i'm sorry i didn't mean for you to be offended uh, by the uh, word negro tear my heart out <laughs> but the but, johns go down now <laughs> <laughs> But then the uh, the kicker was, then he said something about, I'm the Masons, and then the guy goes, wait a minute, I'm a Mason. And the guy standing next to him said, yeah, it's different when they actually are focusing that hate on you, mm-hmm. isn't it? But when right. it's on somebody else, you're on board and you're yeah. ready to go. And it was a great, I think, a, uh, a great example of what's happening mm-hmm. is that everybody's like, we they're the problem and they're the problem. we got to get these people. And it's group thought, and you're supposed to be libertarian, which is individualism. You're never supposed to assume that anybody thinks yeah. or is going to act mm-hmm. a certain way based off – any group identity right yeah you know so you you take them as individual but then you go well the immigrants and and these people and those people and those are the problem but it, when it hits you you're going to be the first one to squawk about it mm-hmm. right so you need to start nobody's willing to put themselves in other people's shoes have empathy for other people mm-hmm. yeah we well, cut you off go ahead oh, you're fine. uh what but this phenomenon of them doing it i don't think it's a new thing i think they've always been there getting more vocal yeah, they're, uh, well, it's just more, they're more vocal, but it's always been it's always happened. Is the uh, the Republicans who don't want to be Republicans in the midterms or around that time or run there's not an election season around there, they want to call themselves libertarians. 
They don't want to be a Republican in front of their friends. They're, oh, no, no, I'm a libertarian. Yeah. You know, but in, in hard hearts, they'll vote R. They'll vote R every time. They'll vote mm-hmm. R blindly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, one of the guys who was yelling at me says, I'm going to vote for the Republican next time unless there's a really good candidate that, you know, gets put up. But otherwise, I'm voting Republican because yeah. I just I just want to give it to the Dems. I'm like, well, you're just an anti-Dem person. You're not yeah, really yeah. Yeah. following a philosophy here. Yeah. yeah, just like Crowder, Shapiro, a lot of them will give like credence to libertarian thinkers and philosophers and people in the libertarian movement. But come in election season, they can't get on the show. They can't yeah. talk to them. They won't bring them up. They won't even say the word. They won't say the term. It's all about the Republicans. These are the candidates we have. Like, oh, these candidates are laughable. Ha, 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 ha. And they'll make a joke about the Libertarian Party, and they go right back. But as soon as the election's over, no, let's talk about Libertarian philosophy again. You know, like, okay, so you're conven- you're a convenient Libertarian. In the, I used to, um, luckily this week, I used to keep Jason Stapleton actually in the exact same category as one of those Libertarian convenient people. Like, mm-hmm. I'm a convenient Libertarian. But still, he's kind of putting his money where his mouth is now. Yeah, well, it's twenty five dollars. It's not like a lot of money. It's something he signed up. I know, but it's it's amazing. I think it's amazing these guys are signing up. I know that there's certain people taking credit for it that I don't know. I mean, it's it's great that it's happening. Yes. So let's all get on board and join and go did forward. He, did but he join the party? Is that what? Yeah. 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 So yeah. for those for those who haven't heard, Tom Woods came and spoke at the National Libertarian. Yeah, I heard Convention. he joined the party. Yes, and mm-hmm. so he he came and spoke, and the Mises Caucus had a really good showing at this convention, and Michael Heiss has done a good job of of getting this wing of Misesian libertarians. Mm-hmm. To come to the Libertarian Party and make the choice, you know, like our buddy Daryl, mm-hmm. for instance, and Michael that we talked to at the convention in the last uh, few episodes, basically saying, yeah, I want to be a part of it. And and like I said at Porkfest, like why if you didn't like Gary Johnson, then why wouldn't you show up and uh, and participate in the in the selection of the next presidential candidate? Because at the end of the day, the next Libertarian Party presidential nominee is going to be the most high-profile libertarian that many of your friends will ever hear. They will never hear me. They will probably never hear Ron Paul at this point. They will hear the next libertarian candidate because people get interested in politics during elections. They don't right. get involved in you know midterms or 2019 States. when there is nothing. Yeah, yeah. State, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, someone said, why isn't Tom Woods running for chair? And uh, Nick. Nick snarkily said, because he's not a member. And then Tom Woods said, I just joined. Thanks for the offer. And <laughs> then Dave Smith uh, did a podcast about it and said that he joined of part of the problem. And then, uh, you know, our buddy Mark Clare was at the convention as a delegate. He's always been, um, you know, our, our friend Johnny Rocket, he was anti-LP, and then he joined. Now he's, like, involved in his state party. Then Mark Clare, he's the next domino that fell, and then mm-hmm. he became uh, a delegate. Then Tom Woods, then Dave Smith. We're coming for you, Roger. And <laughs> Roger <laughs> Roger Paxton was the vice chair of his party yeah. until, like, three months ago. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I... And then uh, Jason Stapleton uh, mm-hmm. had he had Mark Claire on, and then Mark Claire basically said like, "Why are you bitching about a party when you're not willing to get involved?" And so he joined the party. And it is funny because you know I'm somebody who uh, I've never left the party. I mean, I've had strong uh, criticisms over the last year or so about the party, but I was on my state committee <laughs> to, mm-hmm. until April uh, because I'm a firm believer that if you want to be involved in electoral politics as a libertarian. The Libertarian Party, while very frustrating, is probably just as worth your time as being in the Republican Party 
because you're actually going to be on the ballot in November. Most Republican libertarians get primaried out and mm-hmm. aren't even a f- relevant factor through the summer and the fall. Mm-hmm. And, w- and what I like about the Libertarian Party is that if you're interested in getting out of your little echo chambers and actually dealing with other libertarians that are maybe thinking a little bit different than you, yeah. the party is a great place to do it. The party, and, and I found this to be true for many of these people that we were talking about earlier, they actually went to the convention and couldn't believe that they got along with libertarian socialists, that they had conversations with people like Arvin. I mean, you were one of those people who were like, you know, Arv- you said before we started, Arvin might be right. Well, <laughs> about, about not about some things, <laughs> no, no, but no, yeah. about the messaging part, at, yeah. at least. And, and that was the, only, the, the thing that always got me when I was having discussions about this eight months ago when the Mises Caucus got started. I was like, their, their belief was, we don't feel welcome in the party. And it's like, that's the furthest thing from the truth. We want you in the party. We're going to fight with you and argue with you because we're libertarians. It's called politics. Yes. And, and we want to grow and we want to have those discussions. And maybe you're right about this and maybe I'm right about that. And maybe we can get together and come to some new understanding and, and join forces to fight against the state. It was never about trying to keep people out. Right. So when you hear that was the whole big knock uh, is that there was a concern that there was going to be some people getting in and then pushing out other people and having purges and we're going to make the party great you know what it should be and it's like the party is what it should be it's it's everybody talking to each other mm-hmm. it's everybody getting along but still having discussions still having disagreements yeah. you know i feel like this happens in the other two parties a lot as well you know yeah i mean well, it's, it's not going like on the, big right now exactly that's exactly what i'm saying so i don't I guess I don't understand why uh, people would feel like they are not welcome. Well, the, and the difference between the Republicans and the Democrats is they don't really have a unifying philosophy. They're more just, uh, we don't want those guys in charge, so mm-hmm. we're going to agree on these sets of principles. Well, but- it, it, it shifted over the last decade because the the Democrats have always been kind of a coalition party where you had a collection of these right. you know intersectional groups coming together to work and labor unions and you know identity politics groups and. Uh, public sector workers, and they all kind of worked under the same banner for the for the Democratic Party. And now that has become, in many ways, more like the Republican Party, which used to be top-down ideological, we're social conservatives, everybody fall in line. Mm-hmm. And the Republican Party has become more of a coalitional party yeah. because they've had to adapt over the last couple cycles because now you've got the Trump people mm-hmm. who are kind of alt-righty, you've got more libertarians in the younger crowd, you've got social conservatives still so you have more of a coalition party and the libertarian party is very much um 17 different strains of libertarianism coming together to work within the libertarian party so you you have more of a of it's it it is about an ideology but it is those coalition groups based around that ideology Mm -hmm. uh and it is like you you ask like why does the infighting seem bigger in the libertarian party? It's because people are more dramatic and they're people are kind of pussies, <laughs> to be quite <laughs> honest. And it's because people don't understand like I, I like if you listen to Matt Keneal's interview. How do I how do I say it right Canoe. now? Canoe. Canoe. On his interview where he talked about you know I intentionally Kino I intentionally tweaked Joshua Smith. Because I wanted Joshua Smith to show who Joshua mm-hmm. Smith was. If he doesn't like it, I'm sorry, then don't get involved in politics. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that was very shrewd political maneuvering on his part and basically saying, yeah, there should be some conflict because pol- politics inherently is conflict. 
So, yeah, we're going to have to replace your mic uh, because you have a lot of snow in that mic. So, Reinhold, if you wouldn't mind, there's a basket down there. Grab him a mic, please. So you you have in the Libertarian Party a lot of people who are totally inexperienced at politics. And so as a result, they generally don't understand the, the rough and tumble nature of politics. Well, I agree with – I mean, I completely agree that most Libertarians are not particularly skilled political actors, but I wonder if also it has a lot to do with, because we're talking about a group of people who um, have adopted a philosophy that um, I think they take it very personally a lot of times as well. You know, like it's, it's very near and dear to their heart. Uh, It's not just a, it's not just politics. It's also like the way they live. And I want, so I wonder if they, they feel attacked sometimes when uh, they're being, uh, when, when they're, when their beliefs are being questioned. I totally agree with that. I think, and you know, Reinhold, you may agree with this as well. Mm-hmm. Libertarians, their whole ideology is libertarian. Like their their whole identity is libertarianism. Right, right. Like, and, and I went through this when I worked for the Libertarian Party. I had a really rough transitional year in 2013 after leaving working for the party because that had been my identity for four years. I was the libertarian guy, mm-hmm. and I didn't want to do that anymore. I wanted to do something different. And it was very difficult for me because my whole identity was wrapped up in being a libertarian. And so when people attacked the ideology or the party or yeah, Ron very... Paul, it's like they're attacking me mm-hmm. and I've got to fight back. And now that I've diversified my portfolio, I have more friends. I have more interests. I have this is just one of my interests. This is one of the things that I'm passionate about. It's mm-hmm. not all of me. Uh, I'm much le- I laugh at some and most things now as instead of getting ticked off and, and there's a there's there's a, a thought process too where you don't want to have your okay, you, you've come to this belief in your philosophy and you're you're stuck there and you're not you're not pushing it or expanding it or questioning it and trying to grow off of it right mm-hmm. so you stay in a little echo chamber and your little friends and this is what you identify with instead of purposely going out and and questioning what you're you're saying, talking to other people, pushing those views, right? And that's something I've always done. Where I was, it was kind of a debate technique back in you know high school, college, where you would take the counterpoint to your own views and try to destroy them. Because mm-hmm. you, if you can destroy them, then somebody else is going to be able to. Yeah. So you're never going to be able to go out and debate anybody if you can't even defend your own ideas from yourself. Yeah. And what chance do you have? of debating somebody that because if you can't convince someone that agrees with you about 85 to 90 percent of your message mm-hmm. you have no chance of anyone outside the party yeah. how are right. you going to reach that center how are you going to reach people mm-hmm. yeah but i think part of the problem too is that since we agree on 90 percent, it's that 10 percent that everybody just gets so see i know, think we say that a lot about. i think we say that a lot but i don't necessarily agree because i i think that um you know when if if it, it's not Sure, there's a lot that we I, I disagree with on on ideology and and end game, uh, with Matt Keneal, uh, but Kino, Kino, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> Matt Kino, the libertarian socialist, and he. But in that interview, he was very articulate and well spoken and convincing. But when you watch the debate, he wasn't, he, and he, it's because of his tactics. Right, he's he's trying to push. He's trying to push buttons, right? And he, his messaging then gets confused and conflated, and people assume that when when he's saying that property is theft and rent is theft, then he's trying to uh, 
implement full-blown cross-the-board socialism that's like or communism and he says that no i just want to be a free voluntary society mm-hmm. inside of our little area however big he can make it be but that we all agree to it it's never going to be forced on anybody but people don't hear that because when they hear rent a theft they have their own idea of what that means in their head because they've talked to other people who have said it so he's i think making a mistake using those terms sure and explaining it that way that's but, why the taxation is theft yeah. thing is, is not yeah. necess- taxation is <laughs> yeah, theft. exactly i hate i is is a funny uh, <laughs> is a funny meme it's a funny punchline but it's not necessarily going to convince anyone that isn't libertarian yeah. it's become like a litmus test in, yeah. the, mm-hmm. in the fed too yeah that's what mm-hmm. a lot of the Mises caucus they want to say taxation is theft and the fed and anti-war and it's like those are great ideas but you can't that can't be it that can't be what you're selling there's other things going on well that that's the problem with a lot of what arvin said in in the arvin vora interview in the in the lp recap two episodes ago you know it, it isn't what he was saying i don't disagree with any of the components that he's necessarily putting forth in that interview that he talked about yeah but I do kind of find it to be cover a little bit, a little bit of an excuse when he says, yeah. you know, I'm going around. But I don't I, I certainly believe that as he travels the country to LP he's state convention, he's finding some people who are not pure. It's not the majority, though, but it's that. probably not the majority. Yeah. And so he's kind of saying, I'm doing this because I'm I'm provoking to get a reaction, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I don't know. I just didn't totally buy well, he, what he was talking. He about. also made sure that he pointed out that part of what he was doing was to get people to know who he was, right. and what his name was. Mm-hmm. So well, I think he, I think that worked. was part. Yeah, yeah and, it and, worked. Well, it worked. But I think so. I I've kind of run into this theory lately that some of what he was saying is right because you do have to kind of push your, um, push the boundaries a little bit to get reactions. And if people are talking about you, then you're getting through somehow to somebody somewhere. And I'm seeing that play out on the Facebook group just recently, right? So I'm like, huh, this seems to be kind of working, but I don't want to give go. Us, give us some examples. <laughs> well, just uh, I think I called somebody the other day a um, sociopath. Hmm. Were they because, a sociopath or were you being well, mean? Well, I can't make a medical diagnosis if they're a sociopath or not, but if you don't have empathy for your fellow. What, what really got me was when someone was making the point, you know, I put out the um, was it Lewandowski that did that where he did the womp womp thing? Yes. So I pointed that out and somebody said, good, that's that's right. That's the right right reaction to it. And I'm like, you, you don't even have an emotional state enough to mm-hmm. admit that that's over the line for what the story was about? Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. And they're like, no, 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 screw those people. Screw those. And it's like, well, you're... and so he gets, he gets upset because I called, called him a sociopath. But if all you're showing me through weeks and weeks and weeks of talking is that you don't care about these people or certain groups of people, uh, only yourself, that's really textbook sociopath, right? Mm -hmm. So if you don't want to be thought of that way, you might want to watch what you're saying all the time. Because I know that there's there's a group of people who are trying to fight against um, being, you know, appeals to emotion, is what they're calling it. It's like, well, you're just trying to make me feel bad for these people, so... I'm like, well, yeah, you should feel bad when somebody's rights are being violated. That's libertarianism. Mm-hmm. You don't yeah. want people's rights being violated when you hear the stories of what they have to go through from the government forcing them to be, you know, to follow the rules that they put out. Then you should feel bad for these people. That's, yeah. that's not an appeal to emotion. That's uh, 
a full breadth of the understanding yeah. of the situation. Correct. Yeah, it's they're ignoring data, ignoring emotions, just ignoring data that your body, your brain takes in. Right. You, you know, you're everyone talks about like that gut feeling of the gut feeling about this. Well, this is your emotions, your experience telling you what you know. Trying to make mm-hmm. a very very quick decision. Yeah. That's why, like, hey, I should trust my gut. It's like, yeah, because it's your body making yeah. a quick decision. Yeah, most your most of the time it's right. But you should always temper it, but mm-hmm. you shouldn't just discount it. Correct. Yeah. Well, yeah. 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 But, I mean, Jason? Well, I was going to say that I think that um, some of the, the people will, will recoil from these emotional arguments because of the whole uh, feeling like you have to step in, which then – means it has to be the government that steps in i think that's where right. a lot of people yeah. i actually will, got accused of that yeah when i said that you know well we should find out what's going on with these kids we should have courts and then we should maybe bring in some psychologists mm-hmm. to figure out you know what's best for the kid and if the kid is if that's really their parent maybe we could find out how they react and mm-hmm. psychologists can tell when they're lying all sort of stuff and the reaction was oh you just want the government to come in and and put all these do people everything. in there to do this i'm like there are so many organizations out there that are doing for free. They're just mm-hmm. wanting to help, and they're taking donations, yeah. and we could have right. those people going in and doing this. Somehow I mean, common sense. Yeah. Like, that. It, listen, we have the state, right? Mm-hmm. Like, the government is not going away tomorrow. Right. And so we're not going to probably even pass the law that is going to take care of the... Uh, hold on. Harry's putting on a fuzzy thing on his mic. Uh, so... You're not going to end ICE tomorrow, okay? It's probably going to be a six-month process, all right? At best. So would you not want psychologists? It was always my argument with gay marriage. Mm-hmm. Should the state be involved in marriage at all? No. But if they're going to be, then everybody be. should be treated equally sure. under the law. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's always been yeah. – I've always thought that was a libertarian <clears throat> view because, you know, everybody should be treated fairly under the law. That's a right you have in – I can say that, okay, we shouldn't have this, we shouldn't have that, we shouldn't have taxation. But if you're going to tax people, you got to do it evenly and fairly. You can't. And as low as low as possible. I mean, you can, you can make, you can hold two arguments. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think sometimes people feel that it's not as clean and as elegant and as simplistic as, you know, just the, the complete anarchist position, which is no government at all. That's very clean and easy. But, but the reality of the situation in front of us is that there's going to be taxes over the next, let's say, 20 years. And that's where every candidate so how gets you, in trouble. How you, right. Yeah, it's where every candidate gets in trouble. Is because, and I think that's where a lot of people were having problems with, with uh, uh, Gary Johnson. Yeah. Was he didn't articulate this well enough. Is like, you should have a plan to get from where you're at now to where you want to be. And you can say, okay, for my first four years, let's get to here. Mm-hmm. And here's mm-hmm. how we're going to do it. And here's what we're going to take care of first. And we're going to pare this down. And this is how this is going to work. You have to have thought of that, at least. You have right. to have some sense in your head of where you're going to get there. Because if people just say, oh, I'm just going to go in there, I'm going to end everything, well, that's the voter's right. going to sit there and go, that's going to be so much chaos yeah. at once it's, if you yeah. don't have a plan. And what yeah. am I going to do to take care of my kids? Yeah. What's mm-hmm. going to be my job? Well, am I yeah. going to be homeless? Because I've only got, if I miss two pay, paychecks, I don't have an apartment anymore. They're going to kick me out. You can't, you can't tell that to people and give them any comfort to, to flip the switch for you. So yeah. that's the problem with with a lot of the candidates, Jason. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, it, it's on a lower, well, maybe not so much a, a smaller scale, but I mean, with with Brexit, they're having look look at what's happening with that. They're they're the the plans are. I mean, it's a ten year process just to for them to leave the European Union, and even that's uh, they've changed the the amount of um, 
uh, or how they're doing it. There are people who are trying to reverse that. Yeah, exactly. That's the problem. Is right. they're, they're trying to slow that process mm-hmm. so as much down as, as much. And then they're trying to, I think they've come up now, I just heard on, on some uh, discussions about it, that they're almost to the point of making the U.K., like Puerto Rico to the U to the EU as Puerto Rico is the U S it's like, well, we're not technically, we still make our own rules and everything, but you kind of still tell Mm -hmm. us what to do all the time. Yeah. With no voting rights. Yeah. And you lose all, you lose all the advantages of being part of the EU, but you still get retain all Mm -hmm. the regulations and everything. Yeah. So the other part that the other thing about libertarians in our group that has been irritating me this week is the podcasters that switched Mm-hmm. Like I've I've over the last decade heard so much bullshit for being a libertarian party person from mm-hmm. some of these same very people yeah. mm-hmm. who oh I'm I'm a Rand and Ron Paul person I just believe the Republican Liberty Caucus is the best way but then as soon as their favorite podcaster switched then it's cool to be a libertarian party person which I have I'm making zero criticism of Tom Woods Stapleton those two you know I know Jason. Um, I respect the hell out of both of them and Dave Smith as well. So it's not a criticism of them. It's a criticism a lot of times of the cult of personality that develops around people. Uh, If you are switching your political affiliation with one piece of criteria and it is because someone popular is doing it, then you need to reevaluate your your value system. Uh, I'm happy that those guys are joining. I'm happy that they're they're making it – socially acceptable Mm -hmm. to take a look at a third option but or a second option really because which one of us is going to vote democrat none of us but the the reality is is that so many people over on my social media feed are now joining i joined too and it's like okay did you join because someone told you that you should or uh, those guys didn't even tell anybody they just did it okay and and to me, it's like here's here's the point of what I do. Okay, I'm a libertarian podcaster. We're the third or fourth largest libertarian podcast after Tom Woods, Jason Stapleton, and probably Dave Smith at this point. So we're probably number four, because um, I know most of these guys, and we talk numbers, and we're we're pretty big. Uh, my my job is not to tell anyone what to do or think. My job is to make you think. My job is to give you the output of what I am learning to help you figure stuff out. I, I tried to do my best to check my sources and check my facts and bring on interesting people and talk about discussions that are going on. But I don't want you to do anything or think anything because it's how I think or what I think, right? Yeah. Like, I'm right <laughs> most of the time, <laughs> but it's because I've thought deeply about it and, and I, I want to make you think and give you a new perspective. But I don't want you to join a political party or not join a political party based on my word alone. Like it, it has to be part of. I am part of your information diet, you know. And those guys are too. And I don't think that any one of them would say anything different. I don't think anybody in the libertarian movement, with the exception of, well, no, those guys specifically. The reason they have big audiences is because they're not looking for a cult of personality following. They're not opportunists. They're they genuinely love libertarianism. They want to ex, you know, explain libertarianism. They want to get you more engaged in the political process. That's why we do this. And then the audience and the popularity and the benefits that come with that are just perks, right? Mm -hmm. But libertarianism comes first and foremost. Anybody who has the goal of being rich and famous as a libertarian, those people usually get chewed up and spit out. You know, like, look at Liberty Hangout. 
Those guys wanted notoriety. They got it. Yeah, they did. <laughs> they sure did. Um, I just uh, saw that TJ is no longer there. TJ left. I wonder if I wonder if uh, we talked him into his senses. It's probably <laughs> you and I, Reinhold. Yeah, let's let's take me. let's take all the credit, even if we deserve none. <laughs> yep. um, Everybody's taking credit for everything these days. So right. we just take ours. So, you know, and I'm sure those guys agree. But you know, we're we're here to make you free thinkers. We're here to make you better thinkers. We're not here to tell you what to think. And it and it just sort of drives me crazy when I see. People, even within our own group, criticizing news sources instead of reading the material, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. criticizing other libertarians for being left because they believe in orthodox libertarian positions or doing things because popular people tell them so. You know, it it, it, part of the (laughs) this one guy made this meme of, you know, nine people basically who grew the libertarian party and they'd all been libertarian party members for roughly a week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know, and like Ron mm-hmm. Paul was on it and he hasn't been a, you know, he's a libertarian party member, but Lifetime, he's, yeah, but. he's indirectly grown the yeah. party more than anybody else because people like me are libertarians because of him. But in terms of getting people engaged in the party, he's probably been one of the worst proponents of keeping people from getting engaged in the party because right. he's so critical of it. Right. And so... You know, it just was it was ironic that like my face isn't on that picture, for instance, and it's because I've been saying the Libertarian Party's a viable option for a long time and that wasn't cool. Right. Yep. And <laughs> you know, and so then, and, and, with and the, in the center was the one person who's probably done a lot to help egg yeah. this along. Nick yeah. Sarwark. Yeah. And then he was ba- he was dogged in the meme. It was yep. just crazy. <laughs> yeah. Like uh uh Sarwark was very instrumental of getting a lot of um, anarchists back into the party. Getting them How? back. Well, he would he would go on he would because in Arizona the other Arizona the other Liberty Liberty um, radio show in Arizona is Ernest Hancock declare your independence. Right. He would go. Sarwark would go on that show and keep egging Ernest and keep you should come back sign back up come on in if you know you guys can change this you can get your thing going if you and then it was just more of a if you don't like Gary Johnson you don't like Build Well then show back up and vote right. Yeah. Show back up. And you know what? But if you're, you're going to be anarchist and sit in the desert, then shut up. Here's the reality <laughs> of this convention. So in 2012, when Mark Rutherford lost by one vote for the chair's race mm-hmm. uh, because he was unpopular and Texas had a huge contingency there, uh, the West brought a lot of people. I would say the more radical anarcho capitalist wing of the party in 2012 was probably 45 to 48% of the delegates. Mm-hmm. This time it was probably twenty, yeah. fifteen to twenty. So the the power of that sort of wing of the party, the Kokesh, the mm-hmm. Ernie Hancock wing of the party, yeah. has has been cut in at least half yeah. over the last few years. Mm-hmm. And so those people have just left. And to me, the party has never been stronger. The party has never been more active. The party this this convention, everybody left on a on a note of unity and it's because there were literally i counted them 13 people causing problems at this convention <laughs> and they all voted for matt Kino. and uh you know like it, it was 13 people it was 20 people at most who were the troublemakers and it was 300 mm-hmm. five six seven years ago so it's to me having those people not involved has been a good thing because this was a very functional Mm-hmm. Party and the people that are left are people like Daryl Perry, who 
while he Daryl, you might have spent too much time at the mic on the on the mm-hmm. platform and rules and bylaw stuff. <laughs> the establishment Darryl, anarchist. Daryl is a very like it's funny to see Daryl be the uh, the establishment uh, of the of the anarchist the, the wing, the father of the party almost. He's <laughs> up there just like telling a, what everybody wants. To, party, and I was glad he was there because he a was party saying, elder. Yeah, he was saying things that I think needed to be said, and I think a lot of people were afraid to come up and say it, and he's not. It was he got funny, to, and he knew how to do it because he was just like why uh, you know he was considered wild, but now he is. He's a party elder, and yeah. he's a very thoughtful person. It's because he's got experience, and he's like, I know how all this works, and I know all these people, and I'm involved. And it's he's not he's he actually knows the power structure and how to manipulate the power structure to his designs, as opposed to just coming in like a bulldozer and ranting this is all bullshit and i'm gonna cause problems and be an asshole and he needs no microphone he, he brings his own microphone <laughs> right he literally <laughs> had a karaoke machine no it's a joke no he's just very loud yeah but like daryl daryl's a great asset to the mm-hmm. party because he represents yep. a certain wing of the party but he does it in a way that's very functional right <laughs> and yes. I think that's all people really want. It's like, so when we all quibble about, oh, this 10% that we disagree on, I don't agree with that. I think that we agree on way more. Mm-hmm. It's just that people are people choose to be difficult to other people, and that really is the problem. It's you're choosing to be a pain in my ass as opposed to, and for no other reason than you think that we're on opposite sides. If you just stopped trying to adopt that pose and have a conversation, you know, it's like we, and, and I'm guilty of this too. We're sitting there. I look at Arvin. I'm like, you heard it on the podcast. Do you guys want to interview Arvin? Mm-hmm. Do you want to interview TJ? All right, come on over. And then you end up meeting somebody who is thoughtful as opposed to a, a you know, oh, this guy must have rabies. He's crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, he's that, very thoughtful. He just has a different way of doing things. And that extends out. I mean, a lot of people don't understand this. When you're talking about Republicans and Democrats, these aren't people who are crazy and yes. evil and want to take over the world for the most part. <laughs> they're they're just people who who are wanting to do the best for their country and they just have a different view than you do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we disagree, but doesn't mean that they're evil people, you know. And everybody hates on all these people in all the different it it never seems to um surprise me. It used to be in politics that people would be able to be on complete opposite sides of the table and still get along. Right, right. And have like uh Tip O'Neill and Ronald Reagan used to they were comp- Complete bitter enemies because you know the Speaker of the House, the Democratic controlled House, the Republicans trying to do what he's trying to do, but they would meet for lunch every couple of weeks on a regular basis and hang out mm-hmm. outside of politics so they can keep that you know going. Bill, there's a picture of Bill Weld and um, um, what's his name, uh, Kerry, John um, Kerry, yeah, John, John, John Kerry, John Kerry, yeah, they were like you know on the trail fighting each other but they were in a bar together having a drink and laughing mm-hmm. you know you can still yeah. be you can still be okay with people and understand where they're coming from and still but completely disagree with them mm-hmm. can yeah. you imagine if like a democrat would have a beer with uh, trump right now yeah no i think <laughs> it's not it's not that way yeah, anymore yeah, it's low it's, low so, yeah. it's so it's <laughs> so uh, like you have to hate people like you know everybody's on bill will because he he doesn't hate hillary and i'm like mm-hmm. Dude, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that and it's on all sides. I mean, obviously, the left we the left is really the most egregious. Like, if you are so, so Sarah Huckabee Sanders, you know, you you heard she got asked to leave the Red yeah. Hen, and she said okay. 
But then the workers followed her to the next restaurant she went to and made sure she didn't get served there. You didn't really hear that part oh, of the yeah, story. Yeah. Uh, and you didn't, you don't, like Stephen Miller, everybody who works in the White House is getting this. And at the end of the day, these are brown shirt tactics. Mm-hmm. When you're trying to remove people from society that you philosophically disagree with, you're you're basically a brown shirt. Like you're doing things that are wrong. You're you're moving the country in a direction that is not good. Mm-hmm. You know, and obviously the right does it and even people in our own libertarian group out of 1500 people that you think you can look at it and go, okay, these group this is my group of people. And mm-hmm. you know, even in there there's people who don't you know, and I'm not mad at them. They just aren't they aren't seeing things the way that I see, but mm-hmm. maybe over time they will. You know, like John Ulrich, I think, is somebody who I have considered banning many times from my personal Facebook group <laughs> and the and the and the group. Um, if I could ban Lou Rockwell, I think be happy. Right, but <laughs> John has become uh, moderated, I think, by being a part of our Facebook group by having conversations with him. Because he's, he's actually, I, yeah, I've actually noticed that the last few, yeah, last month or two, that his his demeanor has changed, and he's starting to basically. Just kind of stand up for some of the things that I was saying. That he's he's gone from a Republican leaning bomb thrower to somebody who is more moderate, who is like enjoying the conversation as opposed to the shit posting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I like we we have to be the first we have to be the first to choose to change things. Like we can we can sit here and go the liberals need to change, but at a certain point you have to go no you know what I'm going to be part of the change. I'm personally going to do things differently. I mess up all the time and I I say these things and then I get called out by my own people which is good because I I get so in the moment and act like a base human being and then somebody goes isn't that the opposite of what you tell people to do and you're like I'm going to delete it. You're right. <laughs> you know, like yep. because we all do it mm. and that that's part of it. We need to watch out for each other, but we have to at least choose to be part of the solution, you can sit there and say they should change, they should change, they should change. But until you take some responsibility for yourself, personal responsibility for how you act online, it's never going to change. Because and if you have the weapons out, somebody else is going to have their weapons out too. And I think that uh, moment in the chair debate where Nick Sarwark got up and admonished people and got the applause that he got for it about Bill Weld. Yeah, it's it's what's been needed to be said, and he said it in such a great way. That I think is still resonating with people who heard it. Yeah. What were you going to say, Jason? You know, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> Although I do, I <clears throat> I came to the mountain and I brought offerings. So oh, oh, I, you know, okay. If it's okay, if we Listen, can have a break in the in the conversation. If you come to the Weird Libertarian Studio, uh-huh. uh, you need to bring offerings. That's yeah, how it works. That's and I did, and All I right. did. So, um, so first, let's start with Harry. Okay. Yep. Harry, <clears throat> I don't. I want you to be properly hydrated with your uh, sparkling mineral water. So there you go. Thank Some you. Some San Thank Pellegrino. It's very nice. <laughs> Got the good stuff. Yeah. I am hoping you'll share one of those with me, however. I will share. Thank I you. Share. And then. Um, no, with you. What uh, <laughs> What else did you get, Harry? Have your flat water. Yeah, he's got what else did you get, Harry? What else did I get, Harry? Uh-huh. Uh, that was what I brought, Harry. No. The- oh, the coffee maker. Yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah. Sorry. Yes. I just. That got shipped. That's oh, all right. I forgot about yeah. that. All right, so you got Harry, yeah. Harry, a coffee maker and some sparkling water. Will you mix the two together? <laughs> no, no. Okay, <laughs> sparkling water, Maybe coffee. My stomach, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that fulfilled my all my obligations for the 2018 contract that I signed with We Are Libertarians. You I got, got you, all my perks today. You got water, you got a chair, and you got a coffee maker. I know. Mm-hmm. Yes. Wow. And a new oh. mic, apparently. 
Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I was trying to give him the S7B, the night, the $500 mic, but the $100 mic works better, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. And then, of course, most importantly, what'd you bring me? Four. There right. you go. That is for you. This and sounds, um, seems very heavy. Well, oh, oh my. Oh, 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 I'm a little sad because. Well, I'll tell you. But yeah, so that's okay. for your, that's for the kitties. Okay, we got catnip. I thought it was you know. weed there for a minute. Yes. Well, <laughs> which is why I uh, I stopped at Meyer instead of bringing it with me. Yeah. <laughs> no, you can, you can just take that label off and sell it as weed. Oh, right now, this is quite a gift. Yes, this is beautiful. Now you have gotten me for the man who aggressively hydrates. You, oh, no one knows. <laughs> People don't know how much water I drink. Tell, I mean, I drink a gallon of water a day. You drink, you drink the exact opposite of how much I drink. Right. Which is not. So during, during, <laughs> during the podcast, I've always got my 32 ounce mm-hmm. and my 48 ounce mm-hmm. Nalgene bottle with me. And mm-hmm. I usually drink both of them during the show. Yeah. But uh, these hydro flasks, I've heard nothing but good things about yep. these. That's a uh, 64 ounce, the largest I could get. And I'm really sorry. As I was uh, opening the trunk at Meyer, it rolled out and. There's a couple dents or scratches uh, on the side there, so well, I think you owe me a public apology. I am very sorry All about right. that. Thank you. <clears throat> yes, uh, dear listener, I am sorry. I, All right, this is. Wow. Oh, I got a straw. Lid. Yeah, yeah. Well, I wouldn't know what you prefer. It seemed like it'd be a little too big to lift up and drink from, so I thought uh, it, the straw lid. It's a two-hander for sure. <laughs> oh, see, here's a cool thing. So if I, it, it sounds like I'm in the bathroom. Uh, Harry, bring me my phone. I'm pooping. <laughs> Could you imagine pooping without your phone in 2018? Yeah, like um, I get when setting up the Wi-Fi at the new place. Uh, everyone was very upset because the Wi-Fi did not extend to the bathroom. They made me move a tennis. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, thank you. That's very kind of you. That's so nice that is, of you. That is now, awesome. uh, huge Reinhold, it's your birthday, right? Yes. My birthday. Yes. What, what'd you bring? What'd uh, you bring, Dent or Reinhold? I'm really sorry. I, oh. I I genuinely didn't know you were going to be here. I would have brought you something. This is awkward. Yes. Uh, Very awkward. Here, draw him a card. I, I I've, got, I've got a yes, shirt. Yes, yes. Draw him a card here. At least here. There was a ballpoint pen. All right. Uh, All right. Uh, thank you. I, well, I, I, never want, I never asked for things for my birthday. My wife gets mad and it's like, I don't need anything for my birthday. Uh-huh. But you know, we've seen other people get presents, I'm telling you. <laughs> Here, you can have some you can have half the cat now. Yeah, take half oh, the cat. I've got some cats who would love that, by the way. Now, uh speaking of public apologies, Harry. So I just wanted to th- sorry. The I'm just thinking about the cough favor because I I have that I'm sorry. Hold on. Are you getting misty? Yeah, because <laughs> misty right now. Well, when I get my sparkling water, but the thing is, the coffee maker. Uh huh. I've got that exact same coffee maker. Uh-huh. And how I got that exact same coffee maker? I was running behind. I was having a very, very crappy day because my other coffee maker broke. Oh. And I walked in into Rupert's kids, upset that my coffee maker broke, and I kept stressing about it. Right. Thank you. <laughs> and Rupert came out one of one of that, and he's like, "Here, take this." I was like. I, what do you, this is, you know, so like that's awesome. Right? This is the second time someone has given me a coffee maker. So. <laughs> no, we'll have to take a, po- a photo <laughs> of our three gifts. My gift. Well, he's got a card got now. A card now. Yeah. Yeah. And then your card. I even uh, drew him a heart. Open it up. <laughs> Open it up. I got a heart. Oh, that oh. is great. Yeah. So, so we'll, we'll have to definitely uh, take a photo for the, for the Facebook group. Uh, now, you know, we're, well, you're literally crying. Are you? This is amazing. I love coffee. It's so touching. You're literally tearing up, Harry. If you if you buy Harry eight dollars of water, he apparently just <laughs> weeps like a woman. <laughs> now, Harry, uh, speaking of public apologies, uh, yes, 
I, I, you, you, you and I agree. Witness this. You and you and I agree. I'm owed a public apology. Oh yeah, very much. Can so. you can you set up the scene I of? S- we're sitting there at um, Boss Hog Liberty and Purse String Potter's wedding. Yes, Sarah Potter. Now Sarah Morrill, Jeremiah Morrill. Oh, sorry. Mm-hmm. Very very proud of them. They got married. Mm-hmm. I am the one who set them up. They they met at the first We Are Libertarians live. Yep. Uh, romance was born. Mm-hmm, Sarah mm-hmm. S- slid into my DMs, but uh, she was very aggressive, and uh, I'm very counter-dependent. And so I was like, you know, any woman who is this tenacious needs to go after Jeremiah because he will never date anybody if they're not persistent. And right. uh, she she got the prize, mm-hmm. which is Boss Hog. Mm-hmm. But you and I agree, there's a public apology owed. Exactly. We were sitting there at the reception, and they started to do their like thank yous and. Giving all these, um, just like basically congratulating people to help them through their journey. And well, there's one name they did not mention. Someone that was, you know, really should have been mentioned. And that was Dear Leader. Oh, yes. Totally rubbed. I honestly thought I should have been thanked during the vows, but. (laughs) Personally, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they, they would not have met if it hadn't been for me. And I couldn't even get a thank you, Harry. Exactly. Yeah. But uh, I did. I did get a plus one at least. And I had fun with with my date, and uh, yeah. I had fun with with Gunther. Yeah, yeah. Gunther was there. Mm-hmm. Gunther and, behaved a lot during the the wedding. Oh, good. Yeah. Bad news, guys. No. Gunther's in trouble though. Oh. She doesn't oh. like watermelon. Yep. She does not like watermelon. <laughs> Lacey, Lacey, your wife. Mm-hmm. Taps me on the shoulder. She goes, "You're never gonna believe this. <laughs> Gunther hates watermelon." Ah! <laughs> and the yeah. whole table <laughs> lost it. <laughs> so yes, it's a. It was a wonderful wedding. It was like 80 degrees and sunny and perfect. It just yeah. they couldn't have been more of a fun evening. It was just a great wedding. We were very happy for them. Both Dakota mm-hmm. and uh, Boss Hog got married in the last six months. Very happy for uh, for them, mm-hmm. uh, you know. But kind of owe me a public apology, just a little, just a little. So uh, if you're listening out there, right on Jeremiah, right on the Boss Hog of Liberty Facebook page's wall, that they mm-hmm. owe me a public apology. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so no, we're very happy for yep. them. Because yep. <laughs> hey, you were standing there, looking him in the eye, like, "Come on, I'm right here." <laughs> I was in the back of the room. I was a servant. Mm-hmm. I had a servant's heart through the entire wedding. Nothing. Nothing. And you Nothing. looked at me in the eye, Harry. You yeah, and looked, I was like, I you, no, you he's going to, because I thought he was going to do it. I was like, here, here it comes. It's coming. It's right. Going, yeah, he waited for the he last. Oh, as that the, did uh, not come. As, oh. the, as the very end tag. Yep. And last but not least. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. And then Harry just looked up at me and said, public apology. <laughs> 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 oh, well, very good. So uh, who, who were they and who were they thinking? Like, give me an example of who they. Oh, thinking. they were thinking ants that I know they hate. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. They were, ta- they were thinking brothers and sisters that they talk crap about. No, yep. this is, I made this all up. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not trying to get them in trouble. Uh, no, it was it was like friends and family that helped. Uh-huh. I mean, this was in, in in their brother's backyard, and like it was a massive like undertaking to put this all together. Oh, yeah. I mean, did they think the Uber driver that picked them up Basically. after their first yes. date? Yes. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Oh, Anybody yeah. who did anything <laughs> that day, yeah. except the yeah. person who was yeah. responsible yeah. for yeah, the meeting. It, yeah, Cade got a, th- I think, got a thank you. Yeah. 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 You know what Cade did at the wedding? He left his windows down and he got a thank you. That mm-hmm, was, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ridiculous. Yep. yep. Very, very disappointed. I know. It was just like, ah, oh, ah. Oh. Uh, yeah, I think Rex got an apology, to, uh, got, a, uh, got a thank you too. 
<laughs> Rex and Susan, yeah. Yep. For yep. for uh putting his lamps in a garage sale. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's that's how many thank yous there were. But not for me. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Just couldn't be bothered. Truth truth be told, I look at Harry at the beginning of the evening and I go it would be a dick move for Dear Leader to demand a public apology for anything at this wedding, so we need to find something. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then as soon as they finished that those thank yous, he looked at me and he's like, <laughs> I kept waiting for you all night. Like, that's why I'm kind of glad you don't drink because you probably would have got drunk and like demanded the mic. <laughs> <I'm man laughs> well, we had a great time. Aaron Ewert and and uh, H- Hannah and Aaron who yep. are together because of this podcast mm-hmm. uh aaron is a dance machine yes so aggressively aggressive dance machine it was a great time one of the best weddings i've ever been to except for the part where i'm owed a public apology yeah but mm. other than that yeah uh so with jason in town so jason mm. made the trip up uh we're gonna go eat fancy steaks tomorrow and really looking forward to that yeah i've never been to this fancy steakhouse uh you- harry of course has been and knows the chef yes. uh he's yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I almost lost that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Chef Sarge and uh, Chef Todd. Uh, yeah, which like uh, um, f- for Father's Day, Saint Elmo's like did put a photo of them up, and there was like you know like, and they were talking about how many of the millions of steaks that they have cooked over the years they've been there because they've been there for decades. You know, like Sarge is a huge staple downtown. I can't believe we've never met Sarge. Right, because like he's everywhere. He's okay, so he's like the black guy that makes other black guys look bad because mm-hmm. okay. like other than abdul i've never seen a black man with so many jobs okay not only is he the chef there he also like works part-time and does valet he got a side hustle valet when i was working he was working daytimes up at roche working their cafe just always always working right you know which you know just the same thing with the same stream with Abdul is like always have multiple income streams because right. anything can happen. Someone could walk in like that. One thing that always stuck with me with Abdul because like he's like you know you, you could sit there doing radio and someone's like hey Abdul we're doing country and t- or uh, sports radio gotta go you know so always have multiple streams so that would have ever happened to yeah that would never mm, happen no. mm. never <laughs> happen but you know you know so like watching Sarge that's how, that, that's how I met Sarge because all those multiple income streams that he has right. but he is an amazing chef his um honestly i will say like because uh, i've had i've had him make him i had him make me steaks before because like of harry sanj make me a steak please. <laughs> <laughs> i think the other did time, you have a little bell did, did you ring a little bell I one time did that and asked for a poached egg and i swear he thought he was gonna throw the egg at me <laughs> good. how did you get to know sarge Working up there at Roche, I would see okay. him. Yeah, gotcha. oh, yeah, okay. yeah. So I would see him every day and get to hang out and talk with him and stuff like that. So, uh, so we're gonna go to a fancy schmancy dinner. But on Saturday, I have never fired a gun. To which many people cannot, especially like I've never smoked pot, I've never drank, I've never fired a gun, mm-hmm. I've never had. Uh, I've, I've just lead a very boring life, as Joe Houtman likes to say. Libertarians often like to fight for other people to live the kind of lives that they want yeah. that they would mm-hmm. not lead themselves. Uh, and I'm definitely that way. I'm a very conservative person. Uh, are you a gun guy, Reinhold? You don't seem like it. Um, I'm not an anti-gun guy. I've got a couple of guns, but I don't like go out shooting. My, I mean, I've got right. I've got land where I can go shoot whenever I want, so it's not like a big deal to me. So. Okay. I, I I grew up in Plainfield, Indiana. It was it was 98 percent white. You could leave your front door open. Mm-hmm. Those two are not connected, but. 
And uh, so it, it just was, I did not grow up in a gun family. You know, we, we grew up, my grandfather on my dad's side was like, you know, into lilies. The only gun that my gra- other side of the grandfather had was apparently a musket from pre-Civil War that Reinhold and, and, and Jason were telling me about. So uh, Jason wanted to take me shooting for the first time. I have absolutely no qualms with you know shooting a gun i've just never been i i've had the opportunity it's just like one of those things where it's like i don't know what i'm doing mm. so it's like i and i have i don't have the patience i didn't have the patience at that event to learn mm-hmm. so it's like i'm just not gonna fool with this but saturday we're gonna go shooting yeah bang bang right? Uh, and i've got a camera guy that's gonna come with us oh that's exciting bailey so we're gonna take some footage of it so you can see how it goes. Uh, be watching the Facebook page and the website for for that uh, here in the next week or so. Um, but uh, I have absolutely no idea what I'm doing. Let's let's assume that I have only touched a BB gun, okay, and have allegedly maimed a baby goose with it. Uh, allegedly. <laughs> Listen. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it was Canadian. I'm okay. sure there are a lot of people who are not a fan of the word retarded, but that's what I did to that baby goose. It was not good. It was I felt bad. He flew away eventually, but uh, I just was did trying. It, to, did it? It did. Or did your mom put it in like the the flyaway box? No, this was yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about yesterday. <laughs> like it's right there. <laughs> like oh. Oh. no, I uh, I live on the balcony and I have water out back, and so I have a slingshot. You can see my slingshot, and so. Uh, I just like to scare the geese away, and the the noise of the cartridge when you shoot the BB scares them. Mm-hmm. So you don't even have to hit them, and I don't want to hit them because I don't want to hurt them. Yeah. But sometimes accidents happen, Harry, which is what I'd like to avoid on Saturday. Uh, I would don't, you Dennis I, the Menace in Plainfield? I did, no, this was literally yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> like, the BB gun's right there. I'd never have had a BB gun or a slingshot until... This month, mm, mm, mm. but it was on sale. It was on clearance, so yeah. I got myself a BB gun. You got to defend us from the invading Canadian that's, army. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> so I don't want to maim Harry, and God forbid Jason. Wow. <laughs> we you, go. You, you, you have to deal with my wife. Your dad. Has that's it. right. <laughs> uh, so yes, the baby goose went to a nice farm. Superfan Stone says. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. If you're taking someone shooting for the first time. And I want to do this on the air because I'm sure there are people who are in the same boat. Now, mm-hmm. Stone is giving me instructions in the chat. He says, first, hold the gun. Mm-hmm. Secondly, aim the gun. Mm-hmm. And then he says, shoot the gun. Yeah, I'm guessing there's probably more to shooting a gun than that. It's pretty basic, though. But yeah, yeah you're going to take the thing, rack the thing, pull the trigger, and the thing goes bang. Okay, I don't know what rack racking to me is when you <laughs> tap someone in the balls in high school. Yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah, basically, like you're going. Um, the the first thing you really want to do before you even touch the gun is understand a gun first, like and understand like gun safety and how to be yeah. safe with it. All right, so uh, when I pull the trigger, a little flag pops out that says "bang," right? <laughs> Pow! No, no, no. When you pull the trigger, it will. Uh, the hammer goes back, and the firing pin goes into the cartridge, and it builds up pressure, and it shoots a bullet. That's what happens. Okay. I've, I I blanked out. I was reading the comments. Say that again. <laughs> you pull the trigger, gun go bang, and okay. and, and a bullet and a projectile goes out. Okay, and you can't take that back. Once the trigger go, once your trigger has been pulled and the and the bullet has been and the and the bullet struck with that firing pin, you cannot take that back. It is going forward. Okay, at full speed and at whatever you pointed that gun at. 
or didn't point or didn't or aim did. it. You know, so I, it just I'm a visual yeah. learner. Uh, should we get the BB gun out and maybe take a look at that? I, that seems like a safe. The option. BB gun is safer. We do have a pistol off screen that I've already previously um, checked to make sure it was unloaded. But a BB gun is incredibly safer because you have people living underneath you and there's people around the table. So there's really not a good safe direction mm. anywhere here. All right, Ryan, hold. Can you please please grab the BB gun? Uh, so the way that a BB gun works, I found out, is that you have a CO2 cartridge. Uh, not the BBs, not the no, that's not the, the slingshot. That's the safer option for him. You're right, <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Mr. Would, Mr. Wilson t- over here. All right, so I hold it like this, right? <laughs> <laughs> like you just hold it like. Uh, I just wave this it is around. a BB gun. This is a BB gun. But I'm, you should still treat the BB gun like yep. a regular. Yeah. Right. No, I mean I, I, that goose was really far away, and it it uh, it didn't do well afterwards. So. Uh, Basically, I can't get this popped. So I'm just looking forward. I, so this is how we get kicked off the video. range. You should do video of this because I think it's going to be like really, trying dude? to wrangle a, a six-year-old. You know what? Honestly, this is, might be the best teaching tool is to give someone like a BB gun and just watch them like. See what they do. Because one thing I like to do too is take a dowel rod right, this and is, stick this... it in my Glock the, in, in the barrel. Right, this isn't... Just so some people can actually see that lengthening of the stick outside that dowel rod that, so they understand like, okay, where they're taking this thing. Like, mm-hmm. oh, oh, I didn't realize I was pointing it there. It's like, yeah. Yeah, that's you know, mm-hmm. just when you take it down, it's like, why well, it's down? Like, yeah, but you kind of like went right across my leg, <laughs> you went everywhere with this thing. Someone, this is the most racist thing ever said in our chat. Someone says, "Don't let Harry teach you; he'll hold it sideways." Oh. Sir, I'm offended. This I'm is not offended. a Papa John's I'm podcast, offended. okay? This is I'm offended. So I can't get this uh, undone. I'll probably have to take the CO2 cartridge out. But, anyways, okay. So on a gun, mm-hmm. uh, we've got here's. The grip, right? You okay. got the grip, mm-hmm. and then you've got the trigger, right? And the trigger guard, yep. right? And uh, this is triggered. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> this, so, if it was yeah. a that'd be your slide, and you've got your breach. Okay. Now the other thing, wait, you tr- this what's, what's this here? So, yeah, this would be your slide. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That part would move. I shouldn't do this here on camera with this thing. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> please give that a nice stroke, please. But um, yeah, and the, this right here, the. Go ahead. You can hold my BB gun. This piece right here. Uh-huh. This is where your bullets will, uh, your shell casings will eject out of after it has been fired. Okay. They'll eject out of here and they'll come out. They literally will pop out. Right. You know. Will it pop out at my face? If you put your well. face there, yeah. <laughs> well, okay. Don't put your face there. Of course, I've also seen like it come off, hit the side yeah, of the that's... thing, and hit somebody. I yeah. imagine it's hot, so I don't want to. You know, I don't no. want. I got to protect the money maker, Jason. <laughs> if you if you don't want a shell in your bra, make sure you wear a nice like yeah, higher. Most, uh, higher okay. Neck, okay. Most most gun ranges actually specify not to wear low cut tops for women. Yeah. yeah. Reinhold. No. <laughs> well, my wife did send me a little yeah. message. She wanted me to make sure that you learned the way she learned. Is that you have to have at least two beers before you can start shooting? <laughs> wow! This is this is 2018. It's three. Okay. okay. Is, uh, my wife. I've got a picture of my wife with a 22 in her hand and a wine glass in another. Oh, you, oh, wow, <laughs> wow. Okay, so I've got the safety on here. All right, and so what? Oh shit! Okay. <laughs> oh, I think we just learned a valuable lesson okay. today. <laughs> this, you know. No, I, so. I won't. That won't happen. Oh yes. shit! Okay. <laughs> Here, so, uh, maybe may we start with a little bit more basic gun safety. Oh, okay, so, so keep your booger hook <laughs> off the trigger, off the bang. Oh st- shit! Yeah. Oh, oh, here, stop take it! This. Stop take it. this for me, please. 
Yeah. So, so the the uh, the number one rule that I was taught was uh, uh, always handle the firearm as if it were loaded, even mm-hmm. if you know it's not. Right. Okay. Uh, and then number two was um, keep your finger off the trigger at all times until you are ready to fire. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, three was know your target and what's beyond it, and uh, four was only point the gun at uh, the things that something you're willing to destroy. I think is the yeah. way that they put it. Yeah. Okay, I've heard those rules. Those seem yeah. like common sense rules. Yeah, and, right? and honestly, if you if you just only remember the first one to own, to always handle the firearm as if it were loaded, even if you know it's not, mm-hmm. um, the likelihood of you making a mistake or or having an accident is very low. Right, drops it very yeah. very low. Yeah. 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 Which means you always point it in a safe direction. You don't point it at people, and, and even when you're holding it down, you like like Harry was saying, you don't point it at people's legs or feet. Yeah, right. um, Ideally, you don't point it at a hard surface where it may ricochet if it mm-hmm. fires mm-hmm. accidentally. This is a see. This is a lot of responsibility for it someone is. as mm-hmm. as spazzy it as is. I am, which is why it I've is. never fired a gun because I'm like I'm too hyperactive. What did, mm-hmm. what did Kristen call you at the convention? Uh, I forget. Like she, a, a man child that she had to follow around. <laughs> Uh, ba- I'm a baby. Is baby. Basically, yeah, a baby. She basically right. called me a baby. <laughs> She's not wrong. I, I listen. I just uh, I'm in talks with a personal assistant right now, uh, and that person will be highly underpaid. And when it comes to it, it's safer in its holster. Okay. Yeah. She is ready to use this thing, and that's why like people say like guns are incredibly safe because once they're in their holster, they're pretty much safe. Mm-hmm. The triggers, you know, covered up. You just you know nothing's going to accidentally get in right. there while it's inside the holster. Right. Right. It's not so, going to get up and walk away and yeah. kill a bunch of people at the school or anything. So you've it got, does make awful scrambled eggs. Though. It does. Don't ever let your gun make you eggs. <laughs> so you have bullets right there. Yes. And so that goes into the, what, the handle of the gun? So this is a magazine. Okay. Not, not a, a clip. clip. Thank you. <laughs> What's the difference between a magazine and a clip? Well, a clip was uh, a way that uh, there were certain rifles that they would literally come on a clip and then they you would kind of put it into the, it was in the well of a rifle, a semi-automatic rifle. I think I don't remember this. The, like an Uzi type looking thing. Like no, no, it was during the Second World Second World War, I yeah, believe. Yeah. And they would just five or six rounds at once. They just push it in, and then mm-hmm. they just throw this clip away. Yeah. It was a kind of a rapid way of of uh, loading, uh, loading, yeah, re- their, yeah reloading their, quickly. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, that's it. It was just pushed. It was in. Like you used to have the bullets like in a line. Yeah, so you could push it in push there, it in. and it would pop them out and put them in line. Then you could take it and toss it because yeah. it would be loaded inside. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, which is was terrible. They corroded. They got jammed. Yeah. Okay, so this is a magazine, right? And and then you put the just like with my BB gun, uh, basically yeah. the BB gun. You pull this little guy back here, and and you know you pull this back here, and then you put the BBs in here, mm-hmm. and then you release it. Yeah, and then and so this is under tension, so that right. when the next, so as the next round advances into the firing chamber, um, oh, then ow. then the next round is ready to be. Yeah. So as the, as the action cycles, then it'll pick up the next round okay. and be ready to fire. Okay. This weapon has been cleared and checked off screen. Okay. He, he did, in fact, do that. Yeah. He, he did. But yes. I am going to also <laughs> do it again. Okay. This is a 38 it, special it, revolver. Yeah, a 38 special revolver. It looks like one of those uh, little old Western guns. Taurus like Taurus Ultralight. Okay. It's really actually a, a, a not a fun gun to shoot. This is actually not fun. Why? Because uh, it's an so, ultralight. Yeah, so light. Yeah, there's a lot more <laughs> recoil. Like back, yeah. yeah. Okay. It's easy to carry. Uh, but it I, hurts your hand when it kicks back? Oh, yeah. It's, not, it's like not heavy in the purse. That's yeah. why it was carried not heavy, around a lot. Not heavy in the purse. It's also very inexpensive. Like So this gun is actually, if you go to my, um, if you're ever at my house, this one you'll find in the bathroom. Well, don't tell people. <laughs> what? I'm guessing you're not going to make it to the bathroom, to be honest, though. 
Yeah. Well, no. How many? Wait a minute. The, if Hold someone on. breaks into the house and you're in the in the bathroom, I want like so. Let's say Reinhold was in there peeing, right? And someone starts shooting. I want Reinhold to be able to cover me to know that that's there. He can get in the tub. Hello. Got, Hello. <laughs> is, is somebody here? And return fire. <laughs> uh, can you get the thirty-eight special, please? <laughs> now, how many guns around the house do you have? Enough. All, All right. right. So, and that's a Saturday night uh, special, right? It's what they used to call. Well, Saturday Night Specials was supposed to be like with Dean for like the cheap gun that anyone can really pick up really cheap. So yeah, yeah, you could probably call it that. Okay, so and then the the, the BB gun. But this is, one's a little bit more like shaped like though. a Glock, right? No, that's no. That, no. that's got <laughs> no. the shape of a what, what we call nineteen eleven. Yeah. Okay, Glocks are Glocks are ugly. Okay, they're a little more like <laughs> I love my Glock. Uh, Glocks are yeah, they're great. so they're great. They're ugly. Yeah. So this is basically yeah. because it's so small and light. So, it's m- mainly like a self defense weapon, right? Like you take yeah. this, you put this well, in your. It can, but yeah, in the front of your yeah. pants or yeah. back pocket. Well, it depends on the year too. Back pocket mm-hmm. or how you want. To, um, me personally, Lates. I don't like carrying revolvers on my side because they hurt, they pinch. Um, then you've got this hammer that can get caught yeah. on clothing right. and stuff like that. But they do make ones that are half shrouded, yeah. uh, shrouded hammers on them. Um, let's see, uh, like I said, like. Because of the cylinder, like I said, it's not as flat, so it doesn't lean flat. So it likes to uh, show itself, you know. Like so, I'm. It's very showy. Like so, so if I have this yeah. on my side. You can tell I have this in my pocket yeah. or gotcha. it's on my side. Yeah, they print a lot. Yeah. So which is why you prefer to carry what? I prefer mostly carry my Ruger LC three eighty. So it's a little itty bitty three eighty, and I don't care what you guys give me crap for. I love my little three eighty. I love wow. the little thing. Fits in my pocket. It's very lightweight. 380 yeah. is a great self-defense firearm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you wouldn't want to take it to a pistol shooting competition, but I would take mine to a pistol shoot. I would. Ta- I don't. I don't I know would. if they would let you though. Most of them are nine millimeter and above. I know, but uh, it's so accurate. Though. I'm yeah. so accurate with it. Well, because you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, what what kind of gun do you normally have with you? Uh, do you carry so one mostly. I I do. I've been carrying since uh, 08, 09. Whenever um, what was it uh, that hurricane that hit uh, New York? Oh, um, Sandy? Is it Sandy? Yeah. yeah. That my wife and I decided that uh, we, we, I mean, just, I remember seeing that on the news and you had, it was like looting. three days. Yeah, there's looting within like three days. And I mean, this was like a suburban neighborhood, kind of like where we were living. I was like, well, that's how fast people, so we decided yeah. to um, uh, start arming ourselves. And yeah, it was you know, 08 or 09. And I bought a um, uh, Smith & Wesson 45. It's a semi-automatic, the M&P nice. 45. Nice. So yeah, it's a it's a nice firearm. Um, it's a uh, so, but it's it's heavy. I've actually been thinking about moving to the to the Glock nine millimeter. That's a nice gun. Yeah, I like. Those. See, for me, it's so confusing because there's all these different makers and calibers mm-hmm. and all these, and it's just like it's like I it's hard to to wrap your mind well, it, around. It's kind of like when you first learn how to drive a car. Yeah, right. it doesn't really matter what model and everything no. you drive it. It's you. There's a lot of idiosyncrasies you know, between all the different cars, and you want right. to learn all that stuff, and you can become a real car guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But otherwise, you get in the car, you turn it on, you push the bell, right. and you go. Right. You know, yeah. Which is and honestly, and honestly, as your, your first experience should be a fairly small caliber because mm-hmm. it needs to be something that you're going to be able to control yeah. more easily. Mm-hmm. Like um, on, I was looking at Indy Arms for gun rentals, and they've got some 22s that I thought would be a good, yes, good gun to start mm-hmm. start for you to start with. Yep. It was it was it Crowder who took those girls in for the first time mm-hmm. and gave them like yeah. You know, now, yeah, it's 15s. really funny to watch yeah. somebody shoot a 500 Magnum <laughs> Smith & Wesson for the first time, but, mm-hmm. like, yeah. you know, it'll break their arm and then they never want to hold a firearm again. Right. Yeah, yeah. 
Now, what about a bayonet? How can I put a bayonet on this? Which one? <laughs> Any one of them. Well, your your uh, my this my BB gun would probably be easier because it does get that rail system on it. Uh -huh. All right, okay. And the Picatinny rail, yeah. so you probably could attach a. Usually, people use those for lights, but yeah. you know you can lights probably and lasers. Yeah, but yeah. you can get one that uh, infrared laser or grenade launcher. Mm -hmm. um, I've got a thirty, uh, an eighteen thirty-eight uh, musket. <laughs> yeah, but uh, uh, that would be good for a bayonet. But if a bay but you put a bayonet on this and they get that close, you can use that. Yeah, you probably already lost. Yeah. <laughs> you probably already lost. Uh, listen, or you're the aggressor. Listen, <laughs> James Niece, I thought, broke into this apartment once, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it was before a podcast. He was 40 minutes early, and I came around the oh, corner I that. fully <laughs> nude with a, a cloth over my crotch and my fist cocked ready to go. Mm -hmm. I don't need a firearm. I've got nudity and my arms, and I'm ready to swing. <laughs> it was... I fucked James Niece up. That's how bad it was. Uh, seeing me naked is no picnic, let me tell you. Now, uh, with the revolver, most people like to say this is like a ladies' gun. A lot of people like to give ladies this gun. I actually, like, I, f I fall into that trap. Sexist? Yeah, yeah. I, that's, when I first bought this, I thought it was a lady gun, and I got it for Lacey. And, you know, actually using it and seeing it around, I was like, and I realized how sexist and wrong I was at the mm -hmm. time, you know? And I feel, feel, feel felt stupid about it, but, you know... I paid the stupid type, but I still enjoy having this tiny gun around the house. She doesn't enjoy it. She's got her, you know, she went and got a Ruger LC. That's where I got mine because I used hers. It's like, this is awesome. And I went and bought one too. So when you're carrying a gun around, like my fear is that you're carrying a gun around that it'll accidentally go off or like, how do you prevent it from discharging when it's... Don't touch like, it. Don't touch <laughs> yeah. it. I mean, yeah. that, really, like if, you put it, if you put it in a holster and you've got it like like and, in your pocket or in your... on. Yeah. yeah and it, well, you know, that's funny because when I'm carrying mine, oftentimes like at the end of the day when I take it, I take it out, like the safety's been off for, you know, however long, but... I, I don't, I only own one gun with a safety oh, yeah. yeah the ar-15 has a safety the well, rest of them do not they don't have trigger safeties yeah it's oh you can say that yeah yeah well technically the trigger yeah. is the safety yeah well, well i was thinking like with your with your the glock, glock yeah yeah, but yeah that's that's not that much safe there no right. no but if you drop it it's not gonna go well, off or at least it's not supposed to most modern guns from what is it 19 I want to say the 80s up will not fire if you drop them. Right. Will not fire. Like mm. the FBI agent, the reason why that gun fired oh, is because he, he grabbed, grabbed it. Yeah. yeah, he grabbed it and tried to pick it up. It's when he grabbed it, it was when it right. off. Okay. It was when it dropped. If he just Which, yeah. put his hands up and just stopped and breathed for a second, he I'm, freaked out. I'm very fidgety yeah. about everything. And I hate things in my pocket and like adding another, like a, a big weapon on my. Like I'm, I'd be afraid that I'd fidget with it. We're going to mm. give you one bullet at a time. That, I'm Barney. <laughs> thank you. I'm Barney Fife. That's exactly who I am. <laughs> I'm, I'm Barney Fife. I will One. shoot my foot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, no, no, but really, if you if you're in, it's all about developing habits um, and habits of safety. And so yes. if you're in a if you're in a habit of like, you know, because I always carry my my firearm on my right side. I have both in uh, what they call it, in inside the waistband and outside the waistband. IWB and OWB, and mm -hmm. I carry, but it's always on my right side. And I, do they do they make like? holsters yeah. for inside and outside yeah okay. yeah 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 and so it like, just depends on clothing or yeah and and just kind of what i'm doing with for the day and where i'm going is where i'll choose to wear it either in the waistband or outside the waistband but um um and fortunately now in texas we have uh open carry so you know if i'm carrying outside the waistband and like my shirt lifts up or something it's not 
te- you know, it's not illegal. Before yeah. it was technically illegal, mm. where, but I still prefer to carry concealed. Are you saying Me you too. broke the law? <gasps> wow, <Well>. misdemeanor. Get <laughs> <laughs> <Got> the country. <laughs> I, mean, I did speed on the way here. Too. Oh, no. <laughs> it's literally third, thirty seconds away. I don't. Uh... Well, I mean, from the airport to oh. get here. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. That's yeah. a four sixty five is a racetrack. Four sixty five was a crawling. Actually, there was yeah, a yeah. accident. It was it was, it was yeah. moving really slow. But. Yeah. So anyway, but if you just if you if you leave it alone, you don't touch it, and you just have certain habits uh, that you've mm-hmm. into. Uh, like I, uh, I I I will adjust mine, but I always grab the whole the whole host, mm-hmm. holster, not the not the the firearm itself. Uh, you know, because sometimes it'll shift a little bit as if I've been yeah. sitting in the car or what have you. So, mm-hmm. um, but those are those are just the things you have to do. And then especially like and at home again, having habits of safety mm-hmm. um, is also important. So it's either on my person or it's in a locked safe. Yes. And yes. yeah. And and in the rare instance when I have to take it off to to do something and I can't I can't immediately put it away, I you know, I'll drop the magazine, I'll I'll rack the slide and I will lock it open so that the the whole gun you know, you couldn't fire even if you wanted to just in case one of my not and it's always within my sight so yeah. i don't you know yeah because kids are curious yep sure kids are curious. Yep. Uh, although you know it's funny uh my my kids will uh i, I I'll, I'll hold it up to them and I'll, I'll say what is this and they'll say it's, it's it's your pistol and i'll say okay and what are the rules never touch okay and if you see it what do you do go get mommy and daddy do you bring the gun to mommy and daddy no go get mommy and daddy. right all right very good so mm-hmm. yeah, we i've been teaching them this since i mean as soon as they could talk uh learning that so and reinforcing it mm-hmm. um because again, yes. that's one of those habits of safety yes. that we're in in my house. Right. Yep. So you keep it in a safe, but what happens if somebody breaks in? You got to make it to the safe in time to protect so, everybody, or safe or person? Yeah. So it keeps it. Yeah. I'm oh, sorry. No, no. I, yeah. So it's either on my person or it's in a safe. Now the, I have a couple safes in the house. Um, there, the big safe where most of my firearms are is in the master closet um, that I have where I keep my uh, EDC p- pistol, um, which is the, my 45. That's in a small safe that it just slides underneath my bed. Oh, okay. Um, and so, mm-hmm. and it's uh, biometric, so it, I just swipe my finger and and it pops it open. See, that's smart. Yep, it's yep. very fancy. Yep. Which you can get a nice biometric one for, like the Glock nine millimeter, so you can leave it in your truck mm-hmm. if you have a truck. I once mounted my friend. We mounted. His you once mounted your friend, did you? Mounted his safe. I heard that. That's what I heard. Oh, you we're going to cut this out of the podcast. What'd you hear? Right? Make sure that it gets mounted. No editing. There's no editing. We're going to be able to hit a button and just play it whenever we want. Uh, <laughs> and we mounted it there on the in the inside of his truck, so it would. Especially the bolts of the safe were bolted right into the, the, trans- yeah, yeah. the transmission. Yeah. So if you try to jack on the thing, you're jacking the whole mm. transmission. Yeah, I have um, <laughs> in my in my car and in our family car there are um, two steel safes with a, a steel cable that goes around the frame of the of the mm-hmm. driver's seat. Wow. And yep. so you can yeah. So if for example I'm going into some place that doesn't allow um, the firearm to be carried, mm-hmm. then I can like. But we all use it sometimes for like. This is America. You can take your gun wherever you want. We yeah. have a Second Amendment for a reason. Yeah, yes, but we also respect private property rights. That's right. Yeah, so you can, can carry them in most government buildings in Texas, but um, there's certain like a lot of the museums that we'll take our kids to. They won't let sure. uh, us bring our firearms. Yeah. So yeah, you know, we'll we'll we just lock it in there, and uh, mm-hmm. but we'll use it for cash sometimes too, like if we're traveling. But yeah, you know, for the most part, that's it's cool. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so a- anything else that I need to know before Saturday? Probably about a million. 
Yeah, do I need a life? Do I need a life jacket? Okay. No, but you will need you a will flak get, jacket, maybe. You'll need to wear we'll close need the flak shoes. jacket. Yeah, yeah. close toe shoes. You're going to need a helmet. Um, uh, not helmet. You're going to need ear he- hearing protection. Yes. and we'll get you some goggles. But yeah, they'll have we'll it probably there. rent them there. We'll just yeah. rent them there. Okay, and, unless you like you, and then you can get your own headset. Yeah, yeah don't go. Don't I go got, with sandals and shorts. And, yeah. Yeah, probably not I, good. You can wear you you could I mean you could wear shorts, but I would definitely recommend. Yeah, long pants. Well, the thing is, I'm afraid of you know he starts he pulls trigger and it ejects that mm-hmm. cartridge. It could hit you if it's warm. It yeah, can and then burn. well, and also a lot with with the um if when the, it, the indoor uh, places with the air filtration, they're mm-hmm. moving so much air they can get pretty chilly, chilly too. Yeah. So gets oh, I, I don't have that problem. Yeah. It's 65 <laughs> degrees in here. Yeah, 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 I know. Is it? <laughs> it it's a little chilly. Yes. Thank you, <laughs> thank you. It's freezing. <laughs> Whose side are you on? It's not about sides. You know, <laughs> I was gonna wear. I mean, a I'm, I'm sitting here wearing a sports jacket, and I'm, I'm still a little, a little chilly. It's I'm a little warm, to be honest. Yep. You gotta if you don't keep the. It's like Letterman Studio. If you don't keep the air going, it just mm-hmm. you're People gonna fall asleep, fall asleep right? Yeah. Yeah. I do not have life insurance, Christy Avery, uh, and you are not the beneficiary. But if you wanna trade life insurances, since we're both single. <laughs> this is my Glock 22. All right. Uh, oh, it's a 22. Yes. Awesome. Yes, so it's a full size, forty S and W Glock. Um, I, what do any of those mean? Glock is the company, twenty two is the series, full size oh. is the frame size, mm-hmm. and it shoots forty S and W. That is the bullet. Okay, si- the size of the bullet. Gotcha. And twenty two caliber, thirty two. Uh, thir- what does what, that? What does any of the calibers mean? What does that mean? Uh, what, so caliber refers to the, the size of the cartridge, so or the the bullet, the yeah. the actual bullet itself. Mm-hmm. Okay, so show me a bullet please and explain the bullet the bullets made made up of a couple different parts so you've got um the projectile which is that flat nose kind of part of the right there where your right. left index finger is and then you've got the shell which is the silver part um you've got your uh powder which you can't see is inside the shell and then the right there at the tip of your finger um that's the the primer so that's where the firing pin will strike okay it'll create a little spark and then the powder will ignite so is the whole thing the bullet well or is it some of these words get a little loose with the how people use them yeah but most people refer to that whole thing as the cartridge okay at least that's that's what i most commonly so which part's going to kill me just the the, the, part, the, the gold yeah, part, that part, yeah. and that that particular projectile is a uh, hollow point, jacketed hollow point. So it's a it's a, a copper jacket over a lead um, core with the center removed, so it's jacketed oh. hollow point. And, and why do you do that? Well, so so there's why, little, why do you? Cho- I can tell you why I choose jacketed hollow point. Why do you choose jacketed hollow I point? I choose jacketed well, hollow point because when it touches something soft and, and squishy, it expands and gets very big right yeah so explain the the, the reason why you had the hollow points basically when they when they hit a target soft it, target. yeah soft target so it there's will. like little little grooves here at the tip and yeah. that i'm sure that expands yeah. out like yeah. like a little meat grinder sorry about that it's okay they open yeah, up like that so they don't um they're less they don't go as far through soft things as a full metal jacket but okay. they but they but expand they, out and do a lot of yeah. So, and they, they cause damage. more damage, like in a in a person's body, they tend to cause more damage. <laughs> so uh, a full metal jacket would not have this flat nose. It would nope. be a point. point. Uh, it's not always a point. It may be rounded. Some will have a point. Okay. And then, uh, so a twenty two oh a twenty two caliber is 
like, so there's, what, what there's you, explain the cartridge size. There's two. There's t- kind of two ways you can measure these. It depends on on who originated the. So a lot of ammunition companies or rifle companies will um, kind of create a cartridge for you know a specific purpose, or maybe they're um, they're looking to market a, a firearm or something. But um, you'll either they're either being measured in imperial units or inches, mm-hmm. or they're being measured in metric. So the mill. Yeah, right. Those dirty Europeans. We're down for imperial or else. Yeah. So like twenty two caliber is that's point two two. So that's point two two inches. That's how mm. that's the width of the bullet. Okay. Okay. His uh, forty caliber that's point four zero. So that's four tenths of a bullet. Or excuse me, of an inch. My forty five is point four five. So that's four four forty fifths of an inch. But then your nine millimeters nine. It's nine millimeter. Okay. Width. Mm-hmm. So. I've heard a twenty two is going to stop you, but not necessarily kill you. I mean, what, like, uh, if I'm fighting bears, what should I take? If you're fighting bears, run away. Right. Okay. Well, I listen. Thirty out six. Yeah. Yeah. Some huge, yeah. There's a lot of bears. I, I'm talking about the gay bears. I'm not. I didn't mean the. Uh, no. The so twenty twenty twos are not. If you're fighting gay bears, just bring extra lube. <laughs> just, enjoy. just enjoy the ride. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, some, people, some people call a 22 a BB Whatever gun. you yeah, do, yeah, don't lay down and play dead. Um, so uh, so it's called what? A BB gun. Yeah. Okay. Well. And a 22 caliber, uh, most of those cartridges. I've got actually, one. I can't think of I've got one. I've got a BB gun here. Uh, yeah. Oh, jeez. Oh, Reinhold. <laughs> Be careful. <laughs> It's your birthday, but you're gonna shoot somebody. Yeah, yeah but a lot of people like to just you know try to get the gigantic caliber. Like, look what I can do with this thing. Yeah, right. yeah. But, you know, yeah, at, it's not at, really practical. Yeah, and then the myth of stopping power. This got the stopping power. Now, what's the shot placement? Yeah. <laughs> what, <laughs> what caliber was the Joker's gun at the end of Batman with Michael Keaton? Oh, with that oh. <laughs> the long barrel thing. Jeez. <laughs> I forgot about that. That was a revolver too. Yeah, it was a revolver. Yeah, I can't remember. It something. was yeah, about it was... three feet long. Yeah. It was hysterical. It had to be a forty-five. Yeah, at least. <laughs> yeah. Or a twenty-two Magnum, which would be funny. Fifty or something. <laughs> so, what's a Magnum mean? That's the how much, how much powder basically they put in the in the cartridge. So okay. It, it's it's more forceful, so it's coming out at a faster. The projectile is coming out at a faster faster speed is what it usually translates to. Mm-hmm. Now Stone says the effectiveness of a twenty two depends on how angry the person is. What does that mean? No. So it, it depends on it, the person. If he's talking about the person firing it, I I, I think he's probably talking about the person being shot. Um, <laughs> so if if somebody's angry and they're coming at you and you're shooting them with a twenty two. Uh, if that's what he means, then yeah, there's probably not much that that's going to be. Do to them. They'll be more likely to shrug it off mm-hmm. as much as it were. Like it's not going to hurt them so bad that it's going to break through any uh, so then psychosis why, they're wait, in the middle of. At the why time. why even have a twenty two then? Because a twenty two to the heart still still kill you. Yeah, will kill you. Okay, we'll still if, you if you hit if you hit the right spot. I mean, if you hit well, somebody in the arm at twenty two, they might go. Uh, just but keep realistically, going, but. you're going to fire six. You're not going to fire. Well, no, one, yeah, you right? should always if you're if you're when you pull that trigger, you know you're you're pointing it to intend to destroy whatever you're pointing it at. Mm-hmm. Right. Don't just do one and go. We'll no, see you, how that goes. You keep <laughs> shooting. You keep shooting until the, the, the threat is until the threat is gone. Right. Is Unless it's fully semi-automatic, and then you can just pull the trigger back and it'll just do itself. Right. Okay. <laughs> uh, you can just let it go out in front of you and do it for you. Yeah, you can stay in the car. 
That's the fully automatic. I choose you. <laughs> go, 1911, go. <laughs> but it, it, another way to look at whether, you know, why have a 22 as opposed to a different caliber. I mean, it, it, there's a lot of philosophies as to why, you know, carrying a firearm. Some people, some people, they, they just want to carry it as an expression of their personal or individual liberty, you mm-hmm. know, um, there may be some that, uh, they, they feel like, well, I'm just gonna, I just need to brandish it. And you know, that's, that's all I'm going to do. Um, or, or it just needs to make noise. I don't know. I mean, um, it, it's not, most people would, would agree that it's not a great, um, personal defense firearm. So, right. um, there probably are better options, but if you're looking for something compact and light, mm-hmm. twenty two caliber is going to fit that bill. Cheaper too. Yeah, yeah bullets are oh, they're cheap. incredibly easy, cheap. Easy to learn. The twenty two will also give you time if you say, let's say you've got like a Glock in the truck and you've got the twenty two in your pocket. Mm-hmm. That twenty two give you time to retreat to your truck to get mm-hmm. a bigger weapon or to a rifle. Yeah. Right. Now the other the other reason why you'd have a twenty two is you have a twenty two rifle if you're out hunting mm-hmm. small yeah. game. Yes. Yeah. You don't want to, you know hit that with a 45 yeah. or something you're gonna or an ar-15 yeah you're not gonna be anything left to eat if you do that you okay know? it's the um what's that survival the survival rifle that one that breaks down you know what i'm talking about it's um who makes that henry the henry survival oh, rifle you know, yeah that one is like yeah it's yeah like, like it fits in because that that's a good that's a good one yeah. like you can have you can carry 100 rounds of 22 ammo and it mm, weighs it, half a pound yeah because hmm. yeah, it goes with your rifle your handgun it's really small it's yeah. really yeah pen guns pen guns are 22s yeah uh. Yeah, yeah, they are. No, you. I've, yeah, I've, I mean, I've I uh, got lost on YouTube one day looking at pen guns <laughs> for some reason, and it was like the, you they had one and you like take it and then it turns into a little revolver and I was like, this is amazing, like you can kill, you can assassinate people with this. I'm like, well, you shouldn't put that on video. <laughs> yeah, but if you wanted to assassinate someone, it's other easier ways to take somebody out. Right. Okay. Yeah, like Russia, yeah. they just. Poison, poison, you. poison, yeah. poison heart you. attack. Or you can take an axe, cans, a condom, a lighter, you know, and some time and some rubber bands. There is a great documentary. Make, make a frack. There's a great documentary on Netflix that I watched yesterday called Icarus, and it basically starts out where the guy is going to try and recreate the doping stuff that Lance Armstrong did, and then mm-hmm. he ends up in the middle of the Russian doping scandal. It's amazing. Great, great documentary. Uh, all right, so let's let's start uh, wrapping up. Any final thoughts on any of this? What's this weapon that you have have what out, brought out here? That's the Glock twenty two. Okay, may I hold it? Yes, you may. All right, so, got it. Watch the book. Watch your booger hook. I, listen, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna <laughs> watch joke your around fingers with this. in the slide. Uh, uh, if it bites him, that's a. Uh, it's a drinking game. If the slide bites him, it's a shot. So you said this is a twenty two? No, it's a Glock twenty two. It shoots forty S and Ws. But a twenty-two caliber. It's not no. twenty-two caliber. It's a forty yeah. caliber. Right. Correct. Okay. Why is it called a twenty-two then? It's the model number. Yeah. yeah. You, can I speak to Glock and <laughs> may, maybe we clear that up a little bit? No, those Austrians don't care what you think. It's kind of. Um, it, it, they're too successful. At this yeah, they're too point. successful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I also got the Trichicon uh, sights on it, so I Ooh. see in the dark. You can't. Nice. Wait, you can see in the dark. If those lights are off, you could see the sights on there. Those yeah. glow for they, me. They, yeah. they glow. Oh, I see. Yeah, That's so cool. when you're looking down the barrel, it's easier to to get your sight picture, but uh, the person that you'd be pointing at can't see it. Yeah, because uh, if you got a light, if it's not too bright, you know, you're just like, oh, there you are in the dark. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Interesting. So that's why, like, uh, like so when that, um, uh, I like to have like the glow sticks with me. Am I? Uh, um, so I can snap a glow stick and throw it. 
and mm. then I can light them up where they are. Interesting. See, that's very that's so smart. So you yeah. light the glow stick, throw it down the stairs, and it's like, oh. so so you can see them, and they can't see you. So I was gonna <laughs> say this is a very German looking gun, and it said it's made in Austria. Yeah. So yeah. it's very mm-hmm. very like you know German World War Two Ruger type. Yeah, Did you just call my. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's I, not as cool as the as the Saturday Night Special. Or whatever the, it is. It's probably because you got the slide all the way back. If you had it, you probably wouldn't. It, no, no, no. It's not that. It's not. Listen, this is like the toy gun. This uh, Saturday, the Midnight Special, or whatever this is. It's like the gun you played with when you were a kid. It looks like a cap gun. Oh yeah, well the, yeah. the revolver. Yeah, there, yeah. yeah so it's well, the, much the more... cap guns were a model with a with a Colt forty five. Right, it was a version of it. So with this, you you just pull it back and then you shoot, and then with this one, you pull the hammer back. No, well, you don't have to. You don't have to. That's but you a... can. When that... you pull the trigger, it will pull the hammer back yeah. and then release it. Or okay. you can pull yeah. the hammer back and have it ready to go, so it's a quick release. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You would just you would put the bullets in here like that. And you would just put the cylinder in. Uh huh. Once the cylinder's in, you just pull the trigger. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So now it's... you can cock this back, which will lighten this trigger pull. Right. But yeah, that's it. And, and I, the... yeah, and I hate to I hate to confuse you even further, but there are revolvers that are designed where you have to cock them back. Uh, it's called single action only. Yeah, single action. Yeah. And uh, uh, so, but for the vast majority of modern revolvers that you're going to find, unless you're like my father-in-law's big into cowboy action shooting mm-hmm. so he'll shoot he shoots these revolvers and sure. but they're but he has to like cock it back with his thumb right. he, if he just pulled the trigger it wouldn't do anything that's like why why it herb yeah that's right so but right. but almost all the the revolvers now are the double action single yeah. action that's why it's ridiculous when we're like we're going to ban all semiotic weapons it's like okay then it's really going to get wild west yeah out there. yeah <laughs> and the balls will be everywhere right <laughs> i can't aim don't get time to aim <laughs> So you got five bullets in this one, but then you get you get how many in the Glock twenty two? Enough. Uh, I get fifteen. Okay. 15 right. Plus plus one on the one on the chamber. Legally. Okay. 15, like how much 15. does all this stuff cost? Like it seems like it probably costs a lot to Let's me. See the Glock used cost me around I want to say three seventy five. Sounds about right. Oh, that's not as expensive. Uh, if, as unless as my well. wife is listening, then it's three hundred. Three hundred. If she uh, so if she's listening, this revolver cost me. I want to say. Two hundred <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Those are the prices. I figured it'd be more expensive. Yeah, yeah. You would think that, but then you got to like clean them. <laughs> uh, then like how much cleaning? Cleaning and um, the cleaning kits are super easy. Yeah, like and they're uh, cheap. Yeah, yeah. yeah and, and you you'll spill more than you actually used to clean. Do you like what do you lube, you lube them or what? Yeah, you lube yeah, them up. And, there's like a solvent. Yeah. Slash lubricant, the, you know, it's kind of your common cleaner, and then you lube them afterwards. Yeah, but with the, wipe them down with the, the Glock. You just put in your dishwasher upper rack. Okay, <laughs> and let that go. <laughs> Is that for real? No. no. Okay, it actually might go. I, I won't do it. <laughs> I would not <laughs> with, recommend with that. the way Glocks are built. It probably would be just fine. Yeah, after that. yeah. Because I had to break the trigger, um, the little um, uh, plastic piece inside of the trigger, and I was able to get this thing to fire by jamming a pen in that mm. hole and let it res- go around the pen and mm. just kept shooting with the pen in there. All right. Was- <laughs> <laughs> These are on. These are on. These microphones. You. Yeah. Okay. I was at Camp Atterbury doing it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. As long as yeah. soldiers were involved, <laughs> yeah, the, our, the laws were yeah, broken. The ra- yeah. Oh, gosh. Speaking of which, you know, I got a, uh, my wife is in the National Guard, and um, she 
she's a dentist in the National Guard, so she doesn't get to do a whole lot of weapons training. But mm-hmm. she um, won, finally one summer a couple couple years ago, she uh, got to do it as part of her annual training. And the uh, the range officer mm-hmm. um, w- lubed her gun up with the nine millimeter that she was carrying. Uh, it turned out it was a it was a window cleaner or something that he it was unlabeled so oh he didn't know gosh. what it was anyways there was no there was no there was nothing there was no lubricant at all on that gun and, and it kept jamming and it was not a, it was not a fun firing experience for That's, her so uh, proper lubrication is important and buying a high point gun <laughs> is very hey oh <laughs> did she tell you that uh, yeah. and a high point is very good to learn how to clear a jam it That's can, a great point. Yeah. Yeah. What's high it, point? It's a brand of firearm. Okay. Yeah, it's a brand. Yeah, it's a stamped metal gun, like huh. lifetime warranty. They guarantee the gun for life. Okay. So never clean it. Um, <laughs> but it's you can get it for like seventy five or hundred dollars. Yeah. Really? Super ch- dirt cheap. Yeah. But and it will jam on you constantly. Absolutely. Yeah. But it will teach you how to clear a jam mm-hmm. safely because it will jam. Like the Glock eh, doesn't really jam on me unless I you know it's dirty or I uh, or I effed up. You know, I held it. You I didn't burst it. Yeah. yeah. What? What? When it jams, what does it do? Um, jam is basically like um, it's uh, the the sequence of events. So when it's trying to eject that cartridge, it will either jam there in the slide, like in the breach of the slide, or you could get a double feed where it's trying to feed up and just didn't mm. eject or get j- j- stuck inside there. Since you're so new to the gun and the gun range, if that happens, something doesn't happen. Just put the gun down. Do not look at it. Don't try to fix yep. it. Let me come in and try to fix it. Or, or uh, the range officer. Yeah. Well, or, or the, or range, the range officer. officer. Yeah. Let them do it. Do not do it yourself. Right. Because I've been at so many different oh, ranges gosh. when someone goes, and they take something, and they're like, I had an AK-47 just sweep me like uh. this, and someone's sitting there that, and you just go like, oh, you just try, I, just put my, I was sitting yeah. at Camp Atterbury, and I just put my hands up and back up. <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> and watch that yeah. RO come out of there. He's like, "You're done today. You're done. You're done. Mm. You're done. What? You're done." Yeah, because he took that AK-47 yeah. and pointed yeah. literally the whole line. The whole line, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we got to start wrapping up. We're out of time. I'm gonna. I'm trying to keep these shows to 90 minutes. Uh, we're a little over, but <laughs> low key wall time, yeah. huh? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. No. I. I. The Google Analytics or the Apple Analytics. I'm sorry. Apple now has analytics on podcasts, and people listen to 90 minutes of the show, which is really, really strong. We have really good numbers at 90 minutes on retention, but just in general, like 90 is really good. But I want to kind of keep it at 90, you know. Okay. Uh, so, so we're we're gonna do our best, and even if that means you know less information or extra shows, we'll we'll probably do more in the bonus content. But that's really my goal is to do less three hour shows. So. Um, I know how much you guys love that, but that's why you're going to have to become a Patreon subscriber so you can get more bonus content because we don't feel like we've flushed everything out. Then we're just going to hit pause and say, hey, you want to hear the rest of the show? You've got to become a Patreon subscriber. We're, I, I have next week off, and so I'm, you know, w- on my week off in July, I always get the itch to change everything. Like, mm-hmm. I changed the podcast artwork. Not sure how I feel about it yet, but uh, we'll, I wanted a little more color to stand out, but we'll see. We'll okay. see. Right. But. Patreon changes, studio changes, video changes, uh, assistant changes. Okay. Uh, all kinds of stuff going on. So, as usual. Uh, so, stay tuned for that. Reinhold, happy birthday. Thank you very much. Uh, what a great birthday. Let's uh, let's go around the table. Final thoughts for this episode. Harry, show them how it's done. Okay. First off, I also like to say happy birthday, Reinhold. Thank you. Um, wrapping up this episode, like, so when it comes to gun and gun safety, it's also very important. It's just like, even though 
I'm going to try to go through gun safety with Spangle like this tomorrow. I'm, if he continues with guns, I will still encourage him to take a regular gun safety course yeah. from a certified instructor. I, you know, it's because one, have I probably, can, can I overlook something? Heck yeah. Should, you know, do I take a safety course? I've probably taken one every five years. Mm-hmm. Because, this, you know, there's too much, because if something goes wrong, it can go wrong bad. Right. So, yeah, it's just practice your safety. You know, that's when it's tantamount. Like, to me, like, if you're safe with your gun, you're better within this. Someone's like, I'm the best name. But if you're unsafe, I don't care. Right. You're unsafe with your gun. And I don't want to be nowhere near with you with a gun. That's like, um, I'm so glad a lot of the gun owners at Porkfest has stepped up over the years. Like, it, uh, some gun owners were very irresponsible at Porkfest and so for several years. And a lot of the gun community there did step up and started doing their thing, having training classes. Because there was legit someone walking around with a Barrett 50 BMG at Porkfest, pointed down. Like, well, it's pointed down. It's a 50 BMG in a granite state. What does that, what does that mean? A fi- yeah, it's a big, big, big fifty caliber bullet, and it's pointed straight down. It's not going after, <laughs> but it's it's everything around us is granite. It's going to ricochet and it's going to destroy yeah. whatever it hits after that. Stop being extra, yeah. okay, yeah. libertarians. <laughs> stop being extra for attention. Right. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry yeah. your dad didn't love you the way he should have, but stop it. Yeah, that's all it was. Is like, wow, you have like a you have a five grand rifle walking around. Awesome. Why? <sighs> <laughs> Did you want just like there's other ways to show that you have money, okay? No one right. is impressed. You know? No, it's about showing I'm the true Scotsman yeah. in the group. Yeah. yeah. Explain yeah. the concept of no true Scotsman, Reinhold. Uh, you know, do I hear that phrase all the time and I, I, I kind of vaguely know it, but I figured you might Um I don't remember the off the top of my head I don't remember the background of why it's Scotsman, but it's basically the idea that um you're, you're trying to say that this is what something is when there's no real full definition of it, right? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and a little try, bit like dogma. It's yeah. a, it's a, and I know it's a fallacy. I just can't remember the the yeah. name. Of it. No true Scotsman or appeal to purity is appeal an to inf- purity. That's it. An, an appeal to purity is an informal fallacy in which one attempts to protect a universal generalization from counterexamples by changing the definition in an ad hoc fashion to exclude the counterexample. Rather than denying the counterexample or rejecting the original claim, this fallacy mod- modifies the subject of the assertion to exclude the specific case or others like it by rhetoric without reference to any specific objective rule. No true Scotsman would do such a thing, uh, i.e. those who perform that action are not part of our group and thus criticize uh, the group. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is attributed to a British philosopher, An- Anthony Flew, because the term originally appeared in Flew's 1971 book, An Introduction to Western Philosophy. Uh, so that's interesting. Yep. Um, <laughs> I figured it'd be older than that. But, uh, yeah. Uh, person A, no Scotsman put sugar on his porridge. Person B, but my Uncle Angus is a Scotsman and he put sugar on his porridge. Person A, I yes, but no true Scotsman put sugar on his porridge. <laughs> so... So when you hear people say no real libertarian would do this or no right. libertarian, you know, right. you're not a libertarian That's, because you did this and this and this. Right. So, uh, like like no true libertarian would believe that taxation is allowed. <laughs> right. Exactly right. <laughs> uh, all right. So final thoughts. Uh, oh, Reinhold. Well, done. Oh, okay. Well, we'll hurry it up oh. then. All right. Sorry. My last thing is like um, I'd like to thank Jason for um, with the coffee maker and the water. My pleasure. I'm so glad. Got thank you for sharing with me. And you, t- you drank two of those, huh? 
This is really good. You gonna drive home? <laughs> yeah, I think I'll be good. Okay, yeah. maybe, maybe I don't know. Maybe get. He's got a little coffee to get him going, though. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, now I'm done. I'm sorry. All right, uh, Reinhold. Uh, just wanted to uh, just go back to what we were talking about with libertarians and uh, how the culture I think is. Uh, I don't know if it's so much that we need to start refocusing on what libertarianism is. It? is because we've got so many new people coming in from all different angles that maybe some refreshers need to be done, or if it's just a case of we just need to keep making sure those conversations are happening and they'll grow yeah. into the into the uh, the right frame of mind. But the, the Bordertarians really kind of concern me, and um, I just don't – I just want to make sure that people understand why that's not a good um, thought process yep. going forward. So, Okay. Jason. Yes, thank you. Yes, and uh, happy birthday again, Reynolds. Thank Reinhold. you very much. Hope it's a good one. I'm, glad, I'm sorry you had to spend it with me. <laughs> uh, and again, uh, thank you very much, both Harry and uh, Chris, for inviting me and letting me come on and be part of this. It's a, a real pleasure. Um, <clears throat> and then as far as my final thought, um, you know, with talking about all the new libertarians, uh, one of the things that um, – I experienced, I'm sure everybody can relate to this, uh, first kind of coming into the philosophy and, and understanding what it was and kind of getting out, especially on social media, was, I just didn't know how nasty other libertarians could be to hmm. each other. <laughs> um, and so it was, um, uh, it was, it was very off-putting at first, uh, but you know, I stuck with it because I, I believed it and it was something that I, I felt was right. Like I could, I could, I knew it was right. So I, I stuck with it. I learned about it. Um, so it's it's one thing to uh, to correct somebody's philosophy. It's something totally different to belittle them and uh, to make them feel unwelcome. Sure. So that's my I guess that'd be my final thought is that yes I I agree with Reinhold. These conversations need to be need to continue happening. They need to um, they need to be respectful and they need to be people need to be humble about the way that they're talking to others because you don't know where somebody's at and their in their philosophical understanding. Mm-hmm. It's funny because in our group. People come in and like put up a poll claiming is is Reinhold a socialist plant, mm-hmm. and everybody in our group clicks yes because <laughs> they're going to troll Reinhold. Yeah, but then in the comments they just start trolling the guy who posted the status too. Like <laughs> you walked into the wrong neighborhood because like I think in other libertarian groups it's like an echo chamber like yeah man yeah yeah but in our group it's like it's just literally like yeah we're gonna make fun of our own and then make fun of you and mm-hmm. at the same time be really smart about it it's it's a fun group to be in because i think people think they're gonna get a lot of yeah mans and then they get what are you talking about mm-hmm. you idiot <laughs> so sometimes we we aren't always polite and if but. i can just just i'm sorry i just thought of this and i, I just want to put this out there i want this to be my i, I want this to be my final thought like it is not my job to judge somebody it's not my job to to critically evaluate the way that they're living their life um, i mean unless i'm in some sort of position to do that it's just my job to to be friendly and to love them and that's what um and i, I think that's the way we should approach just everybody that you meet regardless of what their religious or political philosophy may be absolutely yeah. all right uh i want to um thank the following people for so i at the convention we talked to sarah brady wagner at the convention and i think if you heard the interview with her you heard how well spoken she is she's you know just cute as a button and uh has crazy 
purple hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, very well-spoken and just a fun, non-threatening, cute presence. And so I was like, I need to get her doing videos immediately. So you're going to start seeing her face a lot. But we needed video equipment. And we raised about 250 bucks in a matter of 12 hours, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I want to thank Dakota Davis, uh, Samantha Lindsay, Craig DaCosta, uh, Trevor Van Neville, Christy Avery, Joe Houtman, Rebecca Cash, Rob and Rob White for their contributions to this project. Uh, so now we have a nice little video pro- department, and she's going to be cranking out some videos for us uh, here sooner rather than later. Uh, so I want to thank you guys for contributing to that and um, helping us kind of keep professionalizing what we do. Uh, I want to uh, thank Brandon Luke, Craig DaCosta, and Christy Avery for being our $100 a month subscribers, and Jason Doolittle. Uh, it's been great having you. It's been a lot of fun. Thank uh, you. I hope you uh, enjoyed. Not disappointed. Yeah, good. So, uh, yeah, it's it's it's. I could tell you were a little nervous in the beginning. You were you probably well. You're talking a lot about the convention and Libertarian Party, and you know that kind of goes over my head. Right. So. But then we got to the guns, and you were like a kid in a candy no, store. Like talking about guns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we should talk more about guns because Libertarians love it. The chat was kind of. Mm, and then we started talking about guns, and it's like, put a bayonet on it. <laughs> <laughs> so Where's the unicorn launcher. What's that? <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, so thanks for everything that you've done for We Are Libertarians and continue to do because it's, I, I, we wouldn't, as I was telling you before we went on air, you know, with something like this as we continue to grow, you've got to keep upping your professionalism because if, if you go back and you were to listen to an episode from four years ago and watch the video from four years ago, do that. Like, literally go to our YouTube channel and watch the stuff that we were putting out in 2015 and then compare it to now. And it's night and day in terms of the difference and the production quality. And as you grow and as we've gone from 2,500 downloads an episode uh, to sometimes up to 13,000 an episode, but generally around seven an episode, um, the... And, and since November 2016, we've had that kind of growth. Uh, we've grown really rapidly. Uh, and so you've got to kind of keep up with that. And people like Jason uh, and and Craig DaCosta is always there as well. And Christy Avery uh, and Brandon Luke, you guys have been such great partners in building this along with me. And I thank you for being a part of it because... You know, we continue to grow and keep impacting people on a broader and broader level because of your financial contribution. So thank you very much for that. No, no. Like I said, I, if I could do more, I would. All right. Thanks so much for joining us here on this episode of We Are Libertarians. Harry, it's nice to have you. It was, uh, it's, you know, you weren't here Tuesday, but we had Abdul instead, and many people were confused. <laughs> and like, how did Harry get so old and lose so much hair? Well, he did start working at this new job. I would expect that. Exactly. Yeah, 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 it's going yeah. to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I like that it took Abdul to replace me. You know? Yes. You know? It's an honor. Yeah. It's an All honor. right. So thanks to Ryan Holt. Thanks to Jason Doolittle. And thanks for Harry for joining me here on this episode of We Are Libertarians. And we will see you next Tuesday. Thank you for listening to this episode of We Are Libertarians. I'm amazed you made it to the very end. And I appreciate that. And that means that you were a true fan of We Are Libertarians. And any true fan of We Are Libertarians, should listen to our other podcasts. We have a whole network of shows. We have The Chris Spangle Show, where I talk about many of my varied interests that aren't political, a lot of podcasting talk. If you're interested in getting involved in podcasting, The Brian Nichols Show, 
Brian talks to a lot of different folks from the left, the right, the center, libertarian movement. If you love We Are Libertarians, you will love The Brian Nichols Show, The Boss Hog of Liberty. The Boss Hog has basically created a media empire in his small town and has taken over along with his co-host Dakota Davis. I think it's really interesting to see how they've built a media network, and I encourage you to do the same. Upward Political Training, it's a podcast where I've put a lot of training for libertarians on how to spread the message. The Cost, this is a podcast where we break down the human costs of government policy, so be sure to check that out. Raw Audio Politics, where basically I take unedited speeches and interviews and stuff that I want to listen to, and I put it in a podcast feed for you. Miranda's World, Miranda is one of the craziest human beings in a good way that I've ever met. She's so entertaining and so much fun, and I think you will love that. And who could not listen to Tad Talk? Tad Western brings you the rootness tootness good time this side of the Mississippi. So be sure to check that out. He's one of the funniest human beings that I know. And if you are chubby and you need to get in shape, then you can't outrun the fork with Brett Bittner, where he talks about keto. Yes, I gave Brett Bittner a show. And you can check out a bunch of other podcasts at libertarianpodcasts.com. I have put together all of my favorite libertarian podcasts up there at libertarianpodcast.com, including our friends Lions of Liberty, The Lava Flow, The Johnny Rocket Launchpad, uh, The Scott Horton Show is one that I definitely think you should be listening to. So go check that out. Lots of great libertarian podcasts out there. You may not know where to start. Start there. And we've also got a comprehensive list of all the libertarian podcasts I can find. Thank you for listening. And if you love We Are Libertarians, please check out all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. Thank you for listening to the We Are Libertarians Network. Get our other shows at wearelibertarians.com.